Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. folks, and thank you once again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the conservative conversation. I appreciate the folks coming back uh, this week after um, I need to take last week off. Uh, I had uh, found out some news, unfortunately, uh, involving the health of my daughter, and uh, actually she has an MRI uh, tomorrow, so uh, folks out there uh, like to have your uh, hopes and for those prayerful folks those as well, I do appreciate them. Um, and, you know, positive thoughts uh, for her, her MRI she's having tomorrow. Um, so just, you know, what, you know, put wishes out there. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, so uh, that being said, uh, tonight we will be having uh, the show is about what type of president uh, will Trump be when the Democrats take the house. Now, of course, a lot has happened uh, since uh, past couple weeks, since we've been on the show as always, but even more so, I think these past couple weeks. Of course, uh, parts of the conversation could be about the border wall, and uh, is Trump going to end up being, a, you know, just a, a lame duck president for at least the remainder of uh, these weeks, uh, perhaps even in the next year? It's, it's not funny. I don't know why I chuckled there, but uh, just the, the possibilities are, are, are bad. And then also, you know, of course, we heard about. Uh, the regulation for bump stops, where people either need to turn them into the ATF or destroy them. How they can even enforce that is beyond me, and perhaps that's kind of the point of it, is, you know, Trump's doing that to placate people, but that's still, in my opinion, not a good sign. And we'll get uh, all your opinions out there as well. Um, and so uh, if you're out there and you like to chime in, just give us a call at 347-945-7428. Uh, and if you would like to get in the show, just push the one and the number dial. We already got some folks uh, called in. Uh, we'll I'll get people in the order uh, that they push that one on the number dial, and we'll go ahead and, uh, you know, start getting people in there. Um, and let's go ahead. We'll start for our, our uh, friend in Hawaii, and that is uh, you, Joseph. Thank you very much for coming on the show. How are you tonight? Pleasure to be back on, and I just want to let you know that your family and your um daughter is in my continued prayers and, and utmost thoughts. I appreciate tell you what it has just been it has been uh, just it, it's just been a bad year. <laughs> it really has. It's it very well been be the worst year of my life really. But um it it's just been bad. Just one you know, one one thing after another and uh well we're you know, I'm hoping and, and everyone knows I'm I'm planning this trip for her for, for next year for Italy and I'm hoping this new thing that's cropped up uh, doesn't I mean, I already had one concern that I thought might interfere. I mean, because she ended up having – we had plans this past uh, this past summer that, unfortunately, we had to nix uh, 
you know, because the thing we're taking, you know, we were dealing with the summer, literally lasted the entire summer we were dealing with it. So, unfortunately, we weren't able to do any traveling. And certainly hope this new thing that came up, um, you know, in addition to what she's already been dealing with, doesn't uh, take that away uh, as well. Uh, and so, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's, we've got till June of next year when the trip is supposed to be, and, you know, I don't have to have everything in. Uh, Payment-wise, until February, but we'll uh, uh, we'll see uh, what happens. But anyway, it's good to hear you back. Uh, you know, on the show, I know you missed a you know a couple uh, weeks yourself. Uh, and so, how you been? What do you, what do you think about the new developments here with uh, you know the the possibility of Trump caving uh, when it comes to the the border wall and shutting down the government? I say, of course, shut it down. And you know, of course, yeah, and this whole you know. Bump stock uh, debacle, and of course, all the other things that have just been kind of transpiring. And it does, it kind of gives me cause, you know, pause to be concerned. You know, I mean, what t- again, you know, with the title of tonight's show is uh, what's President Trump going to be like when the Democrats uh, take the House? I mean, and, and the Republicans too, because I mean, they've had the House, the Senate, and the presidency, and you know, some of these big ticket items, such as immigration, uh, especially, just, just nothing's gotten done in two years since. Well, at least on that stance, I know there's other things been done, but um, you know that and it makes me worried for a lot of the other things that Trump was trying to, you know, institute. Uh, so, what's your thoughts on that? Pertaining to the wall, I don't see him caving. Um, he may be caving on quite a few things on the agenda next year. I highly doubt he's on this one. He's going to stay pretty firm and adamant. This was one of his biggest campaign promises, if not his biggest campaign promise, and he's showing no signs of wavering. Um, the border security that Schumer and Pelosi are offering doesn't involve any funding for any building or construction of a wall. So that right. really gives you an insight of, you know, Nancy Pelosi hasn't even been sworn in as the majority leader, and already, you know, they're off to a very hostile, aggressive start. So how will it work with the Democrats in power of the House? I think it's going to be exactly the same of how it was when the Republicans took over the House after the first two years of Obama and held the House. And I think it's just going to be a stalemate on everything that's done. And the sad part is nothing is going to get done on both sides. Both parties will continue to fail us as they have. And um, they won't budge. And basically, I think any, everything going forward is pretty, pretty much going to be a pretense to the presidential um, election of 2020. Because as you know, next year is the filing deadline as to when candidates can um, decide to file the papers early. And so you know, sooner than you think, we're going to start uh, getting into the uh, 2020 race. And... Um, you know, that's going to be quite a spectacle. But as for anything getting done, I think it's just going to be the same way around. Uh, the Republicans held their ground uh, against the Obama administration for the last six years in the House. They refused to budge. And I think the Democrats are going to play that same card and do the same. Therefore, barely nothing getting done. And uh, that is a travesty for the American people. And that is a travesty for our country because We've had 16 years of uh, a combination of George W. Bush and President Obama, who has plundered this country into the tank. And I don't see how this country can withstand any more harm 
and all I see is more harm being inflicted upon this country and the patriots of this country because both parties, let's admit, have failed us for a very long time, and I'm with you. Oh, yeah, I, I never thought I'd say this, but I agree with the way they do it in Ireland. And I know many people are going to say, well, aren't you kind of being a hypocrite because that's the argument for socialism? They like the way it's being done in Europe. But I would say, no, I, I like your idea, Robert. I like the way they do it in Ireland. But unfortunately, our two-party system is not set up like that. And it's controlled by establishment cronies that refuse to let go of power. You know what? I mean, and I agree. I've been saying that for years. You know, you know, up, up at the Irish system, and you know, I mean, I wish they weren't six hours ahead of us. So it's already like you know four in the morning there. So it's kind of the opposite where you're at, where it's like you know six there or five, uh, right. you know, in, in, the, in the evening. Uh, in Ireland, there's there's six hours, maybe even longer now, because we you know we uh, fell back, uh, so they might even be seven hours uh, behind us now. So I mean, it's close to five o'clock in the morning there. Uh, but I have reached out to a few folks a while ago uh, to try to come in and kind of explain the system, what they think about their uh, electoral system, you know, party system there. Uh, but I've always wanted to do a show, you know, on that, and you know, perhaps one day we will. And I agree. I mean, I, we've been saying it for a long time too that you know the two-party system uh, has failed us. And I think that you know Trump—that's one of the reasons why Trump, uh, I think, got elected—is because while he ran as a Republican, and some you know wanted him to run as like you know an independent or something, but I, I don't think that if he ran as an independent, he would have won. Um, but I think the only way he could have won was running as a Republican. But uh, but I think a lot of people really didn't, you know, they knew he ran as a Republican, but he's not really a Republican, you know, and I think people know that. Um, I mean, I mean, and, and talk about the realization of, you know, the two party system and what it's done uh, is actually I read an article the other day where they're talking about uh, having. Um, oh, shoot, I'm having a brain freeze. Uh Oh my gosh! The one who, if vice president, he's, he's going to be running for president for Democrats. He's, he's actually in the top of the polls. Um, uh, Joe Biden. Yeah, Biden. Thank you. Yeah, Biden. So they're actually talking about Biden uh, going across the aisle and asking um, uh, Romney to be his running mate, to be a, a, a supposedly a, a nonpartisan ticket. You know, what I mean, I heard there's some talk. You know about that. I mean, I know there was some talk. Remember back uh, in 2008, I believe, uh, when they talked about um, you know in that election instead of uh, McCain picking Sarah Palin, it was actually talked about him even actually having Lieberman on his ticket, um, you know, to run with him, kind of as a you know a, a nonpartisan, I guess, ticket. But you know, who knows? Maybe we'll see that. You know, but it wouldn't surprise me to see Romney do something like that. Um, but you know, so yeah, I've been I've been pretty concerned, uh, you know, with that, and and and, to, and, and with what if, if we're in a stalemate and nothing, you know, none of what I call Trump's populist agenda, because um, I think that's what he, he is more so, he's, you know, national populist, if you were, uh, you know, I, I think that you know, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be stalemate, like you stated. I agree, a hundred percent, and the, 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 the those who I blame. More, you know, yeah, you blame the politicians and it's not, but who I blame more than the politicians, you know, if these elections were true and they weren't rigged in any way, uh, what I mean by like electronic fraud, things of that nature, is I blame the, you know what, I blame the American people. I blame the American people. That's who I blame. 
I blame their, uh, you know, political bipolarism is what, you know, I stated some weeks ago, where it's like, well, how in the hell can two years ago you voted for, you know, for Trump against Hillary Clinton, and then some of those same districts that voted for Trump flipped and voted for the Democrat candidate, uh, you know, for the House of Representatives, and so they gained all those seats in the House, you know, so, but I don't know if, you know, how much of a difference I did, to be honest, I didn't do the math, but for the very fact that, you know, the, the, the people who, you know, all those people who voted for Trump and then turn around and vote for Democrats, like, well, well what, what do you expect? And then the supposed uh, conventional wisdom that, you know, the American people like a split government, but that's kind of stupid too, in my opinion. I don't, maybe I shouldn't use stupid, but, you know, that's just, <laughs> but anyway, I think it's stupid too, because it's like, look, I mean, why do you think we keep you know i've said, i've been railing about this for a long time too is why do they think we never get anything accomplished here is because we're too you know we're too busy bickering uh you know with the, with this two party system and that nothing's you know going to get you know done especially the big uh the big ticket items like immigration um you know you know like uh, the debates we have with guns and, and things of that nature and um you know you know taxes and you know social security those things are always uh, you know, just they never seem to get uh, the health care. They just, you know, they just never seem to be solved. You know, they never seem to be like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Um, exactly. So, uh, but we're going to bring some, of course, you know, I'm going to bring your other, uh, keep your mic on, but we're going to bring sure. some other folks who uh, pushed one to chime in. And we'll have plenty of time uh, for all those uh, in the show. So let's go ahead and bring in, and we're glad to hear back from Dr. Tolbert. Thank you very much, Dr. Tolbert, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing well, and thank you very much for allowing me to speak tonight. And, uh, you know, let's start with the fact of prayers, just because not only are we going to be praying as we go in into the new year, and we have to close down what happened the last year, but there's a key to prayers about your family that is very important. As a pastor, I'm going to step in as a second. And I'm going to ask the audience to go in what I call the 15-minute of prayer for 14 days, just praying and thanking God for the correction of any health issues that Robert's daughter may have had. And we're not going to put it in the tense of has or had, but has had is the tense that it's been corrected. So as we get ready and the funding and everything comes and takes place, Robert, you know, you went through things in order to learn things. Your daughter is going through things in order to learn things. Once this is behind her, the trials and tribulations, she will then become a different and a better person. So set it on a positive note and take away the negative and then watch what takes place as we enter into the MRI tomorrow and other things, okay? Can I just do that first and we'll stop there, okay? Yeah, certainly. Go ahead. Appreciate it. And I'd, I'd like to take on what you guys are talking about, but I'm going to take it from the uh, standpoint that I, I actually text, emailed you and, and set up because I think there's a lot of misunderstanding what the borders are about, what the wall is about, uh, how it first got initiated, when it was first discussed. And we can go back all the way into the 1980s under Bush when he was the president and he was doing one world power and he was tied into NATO. And then in 1992, under Clinton, they wrote the Agenda 21. 
Now, a lot of people don't understand the wall, the separation, the immigration, and everything that's being discussed is actually tied into Agenda 21. I've sent you uh, a couple uh, emails on different people over the last couple weeks that have been really involved over the last several years about Agenda 21, but I don't think everybody really fully understands that when Agenda 21 was first written and put together by NATO, it was for the explicit purpose of one world power under the Jesuits, the Illuminatis, uh, and other groups of individuals, which we can get into, which is also going to be George Sawyer's. It's going to be uh, the uh, Democrat Party. It's going to be the Socialist and it's going to be any and all individuals in big business Fortune 500 companies. Now, what a lot of people don't understand, the 50 million illegal immigrants that are coming in through the system was actually discussed in great detail in 2013 that the advantage of the illegals and the poors coming into the United States downgraded the production and other issues of the United States, creating a greater outgoing resource of goods being produced by other countries. There was then the laws that were passed, reduced in 1954, the rights of the United States under the corporation laws. Under these corporation laws, before companies had to have the majority of individuals being American naturalized or natural citizens in order to own corporations or companies in the United States. When under these different presidents, to include Reagan and and Bush and the Clintons, they eliminated the rights of the American citizens to be the corporate owners, we then sold our companies and assets to other governments. As you see now, it's happening with China. This all ties together, and everybody's taking on, we need to look at the wall for security, or the president needs to do this for security, but his issue is pulling out of Agenda 21. So number one, he's pulling out of Agenda 21. So that's number one. Number two, the Democrats and the Republicans want to keep him in Agenda 21. They don't want to fund the wall because it weakens the American economy. It structures the one world power by allowing the open doors under the uh, Agenda 21. The lack of the OAS, the Organization of American States, getting involved by the United States of the 36 countries also fathers the Agenda 21 because the United States is not getting involved in the OAS as they should be. The big picture that we're seeing is that will the president and what was mentioned, will the wall be funded at the $5 billion versus the fact that Pelosi and other people say, if you take and don't fund the wall, you can feed the people coming in for a lot less than you can from building the wall. So let's bring the illegal immigrants in and let's not build the wall. And then we'll just feed all these illegal immigrants. 
What they're not saying is that we've lost the, the, the food stamps for the poor. We have a higher number of unemployment. The male population in employment in the United States has decreased. We have lack of individuals in the Veterans Administration that are American soldiers or naturalized citizens. The people working in VA today are mostly from Haiti and also from uh, South America, usually uh, from Cuba. All these factors play into how do you undermine the United States. So start thinking of Agenda 21 when you think of the wall. Now, what options does the president have? And, of course, the primary option is he declares them invaders. He has 90 days under the task of these illegal immigrants being invaders to structure and form a barrier between the 35, 34 countries and the United States, because Canada is one of the countries of the OAS, as is Trinidad, where I'm currently at, and I'll be soon going to Costa Rica, because I'm traveling, learning about what are these countries doing, how are they being involved with China, uh, what's going on 12 miles from Venezuela. I'm working, uh, you know, with people in Venezuela. I'm doing things from a different perspective than I had when I was running for the U.S. Senate in Florida. And when I'm briefing, I'm now doing it on hands. What's happening in these different countries? How do they reflect the U.S.? What do they think is the opinion of the American government? So now we go back and the president makes a decision. He's not going to fund the wall. And there's going to be a $1.5 to $2 billion funding available to him. So he's going to be $3 billion short. He's not going to build a wall that's going to be a wall like you would see in countries in uh, Berlin or China. He's going to build a wall structured to steel. It's going to be made uh, for security with cameras. It's going to have visual identification. Uh, the $5 billion uh, versus the 100 billions of dollars that is being spent and people can say what they want on illegal immigrants, the tie-in of what's happening with China, with the tariffs, with Canada, with the tariffs, uh, the, um, uh, the trade policies uh, between Mexico, which is a communist uh, group uh, who is helping and funding the illegal immigrants. All these factors come together so we're not, they're not talking about the big picture. So the president makes a decide, decision to use military funding, and he builds the wall. Ninety days later, the Senate gets an attitude about it, says we don't want to fund it. Well, you know, at that point, too bad. Uh, you're not going to fund it, and you're going to get ready for the 2020 election, and the American people are going to take a relook at you, as Republicans. So the Republican Party has to relook at how they're going to organize. Then you go back to your House of Representatives. It's to the advantage for the Democrat Party to pass bills that were not passed by the Republican. That way, they then become better positioned for the reelection for the 2020. Because as it was said, back when the Republicans were in charge, the Democrats couldn't accomplish what they wanted. When the Democrats were in charge, the opposite took place. 
Now we're going to see where we're going to have the House of Representatives ran by the Democrats. What if they took this position? We're going to show America we can make things happen. We can pass and get things started, which still takes the Senate, still takes the signature of the president, but they can actually lay the groundwork for the 2020 presidential election, which, again, is going to be individuals coming up for election for the Senate. What if they come to the decision they are going to support things that they didn't support before, that the American people are going to look at, that they can Mm -hmm. remove after they take office in 2020. That's what's going to happen in this next year. It's a game, a facade that's going to be played by the Democratic Party. We're going to see this happening a lot. Should Trump run as a Republican? My answer to that is no. I believe Trump should run as an independent. I don't think it's a matter of what he wins, loses, or draws. I think a matter of the American people, as you said, Robert, have not done their job. If Trump runs and if everybody believes in him, where 60, I think he's at 58% of the population today is in support of him, no matter what you hear in the press, I think he would be our second president to ever win the election as an independent. Thomas Jefferson clearly stated two-party system will destroy America. It did. The Federal Reserves clearly states by Thomas Jefferson, if we have control of the banking system with an illegal system, which the Federal Reserve is an illegal system, will it destroy America, which it is. Can we change and bring jobs home? If we produce products and if we keep the American people and put them to work, If we take over 66% of the goods and services, which are not mandated that you have to have in your home, but the little things like the coffee pots, the blenders, the vacuum cleaners, uh, can we again structure a new economy? Can we really rebuild the statue of America being a company or are we gonna continue to be a service economy? Are we allowing the illegal immigrants to come in to take hold of the service economy, Uh, working in our hotels, working in our hospitals, uh, working in our stores, uh, where now you don't have the employment of the individuals who are coming up, the young people in America, the young children today can't get a job. Uh, They're out on the street. The crime rate has increased. The Dropout rate has increased. All this is based on the fact of failure of the home, uh, the failure of uh, two, two um, family of uh, husband and wife. All these factors come into the story, all backs into, again, Agenda 21, the failure, and the president has to stop Agenda 21. He has to push that if you don't let me do my job as the president, I will do it as the commander-in-chief. He has that right, and we've given him the authorization to many documentation, just as we said he's going to reorganize in uh, 2019. You're going to see the U.N. You've seen the chief of staff. You've seen the treasurer. The replacement is going to take place in the Department of Education. All these things are going to happen in 2019. It's going to take place where you're going to see people in in the White House 
unexpected. Will I be one? It's an unknown factor. We know that we've submitted paperwork. We know that we're qualified. We know what we have to do. God has to make decisions on what happens. All we can do is be obedient and take our talents and our our intelligence and put them to work. And that's why I wanted to be on your show tonight, Robert, because going into 2019, this is probably one of your last shows of 2018. And it is important that the American people know we cannot let the two-party system continue to control our American people coming into 2019, Robert. Yeah, I'd have to agree. We rail, you know, again, we're, you know, we've been railing about the two-party system for a while. I mean, I was hoping that, you know, if the Republicans finally got a, you know, a strong person in there, which even that's being, uh, you know, contested. I'm wondering if Trump's starting to waver, uh, you know, in there as a president, at least representing their party, even though, again, I don't think, you know, I wouldn't really call him a Republican, uh, that maybe they would grow a, a pair of balls, so to speak, excuse my friends, but um, and for a little while, you know, I thought they were, but I, I think it's just getting, you know, now they're talking again about the issues, you know, more, not as much as, you know, getting Kavanaugh. And I think Kavanaugh just did something the other day, and I'm, I'm trying to remember what that uh, was. It's, you know, the people are even starting to question uh, something he I may comment or rolling on. Uh, but let's go ahead. We do have uh, other folks that want to chime in. Of course, again, we'll keep your uh, mic open as well. It's uh, great to hear you, you know, back in the show, October. But we have uh, Suzette on the line. Let's go ahead and open up for her. Thank you very much, Suzette, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, well, thank you, Robert. Thank you for taking my call. And um, my prayers are with you. you know, we talked a little chat text back and forth. I've been talking to the doctors here at work. Uh, and um, so I'll get with you on that, what they said about that. Uh, oh, okay, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. It's always good to get second opinions. And I'm not a doctor, but I can ask doctors here. <laughs> there you go. Um, anyway, um, so my thoughts on everything, you know, my initial thought as far as giving up the wall, I I, I don't think that he will. I know that the um, Defense Department had asked for a certain amount of money in the budget, and he said no. But then when the Democrats showed that they weren't going to, you know, compromise, then he decided to go ahead and give them above and beyond what they asked for. And so I guess, and so Chuck Schumer is saying, well, he can't use that money for anything else. He was on the floor debating that. But if the money's allocated to the Defense Department, well, then there's really not too much that they can say unless they specifically designate that money to specific things. Um, and then, then it couldn't be used for, for the wall, part of it anyway. Um, as far as Syria goes, pulling out, my thoughts on that, Russia's pulled out already, and that was because um, they felt that Syria had it under control. Because, um, Assad had them backed up against the wall, uh, ISIS, that is, and, um, and so they felt comfortable leaving it. You know, okay, you guys are good now. Yeah, we're good. Okay, so we're out, and so it, and we were we're still there. I don't think that um, Russia would have pulled out if Syria needed more help. Um, so they had worked that out, and so I don't I'm not uncomfortable with him 
pulling out. In fact, I'm upset at John Bolton. That should tell you something right there, John Bolton. He's saying stay. He's trying to convince the president to stay. And um, I'm not comfortable with John Bolton at all, <laughs> to be quite honest. He's a hawk. And, and we know that. Oh, well, certainly. Yeah, because of, you know, where he's been before, <clears throat> excuse me, under the Bush presidency. So, yeah, um, I'm not comfortable. Whatever John Bolton says to do, I think the opposite. <laughs> and then I weigh out everything. Okay, so Russia's pulled out, and the reasons for why Russia pulled out, it's like, okay, yeah, okay, we're good. So, no, we don't want to stay there, John Bolton. And Mr. President, please don't listen to this man. Um, and I guess that was about the only – did I cover everything as far as so far? <laughs> Well, you know, if, you know, well, you know, recently we heard things about the, uh, you know, the bump stock uh, regulation that's coming through. A lot of people are really angry uh, at Trump I'm, for that, uh, and then of course, yeah. you know, with the border wall. Yes, that bump stock thing. What? What is? What? Is, <laughs> what is he doing? Signing that? Uh, you give them an inch, and they're going to take a mile, and that was the inch. And because you, you can't give them anything. You cannot give them it because they'll move on something else a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And before you know it, we're turning in our guns. And and that's the way it works because they never settle for, okay, so you gave us that. All right, so we'll compromise and we'll back off for a while. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> they're going to come back. Well, another, they're, um, you know, I know one of the things, and I, I think I thought our Dr. Tober wanted to chime in on, on, on something there. But uh, now from my understanding, though, you know, much like land, if the government wants to take your land, then you have to be compensated. Now, with these bump stocks, you know, that they're saying, well, you either have to turn them in to the ATF or destroy them. Well, are, these are – this is property that people purchased with, 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 their, with their money. So is the government going to compensate them? I mean, it's, I mean, this is, I mean, this is going to be contested, I'm sure. But, uh, and who knows? Maybe that's part of Trump's plan, knowing that, okay, it's preposterous to do this. Especially when the regulation states where you got to turn them in, or you have to destroy them. Well, if you turn anything into the government, like your land, for them to build off of, you have to be compensated. So there's, you know, some considerations. So, well, if, if there's no plan to compensate people for either turning in part of their own property that they bought with their money, or mm-hmm. uh, destroying their property, how's the government going to compensate them? There's, there's nothing set up for that. So that's that being true. said, I mean, how how can you enforce that when you know when when something that a lot are saying already that it's unconstitutional? Right. No, that's a very good point. Very good point. Oh, I didn't think about that myself. And you're right. Um, I I know here in California, as far as actually making it happen, whether it's unconstitutional or not, California has its way of doing things, and so does New York. And New York is pushing for something that California has already, which is the gun registration which that's not working out very well either. It, it sort of is because people, you're supposed to take a photo of your guns and then submit it online, you know, fill out the paperwork online and all that. And uh, people have gotten arrested shortly after sending in their photos and, and, you know, basically complying with the state law. And then the, they show up at your door like the next day at all hours of the morning and put you under arrest uh, because they – see the photos, and then you have these people think that they believe what they're seeing here are automatic weapons and this and that. So they'll come in and take everything, and then you get to work it out in court. <laughs> and, That's ridiculous. Um, yes, yeah. and then you have others that just don't report it, and so how would they know? 
I would be the one that wouldn't report it just because they don't need to know. And I know some of those people that did register complying to do this, to do the right thing um, will be uh, one of those ones that where the police show up at their door because they more than likely will have a bump stock. And Susan, that's going to all take you back to agenda 21 again, because what happens is when we register the guns and we did what they did in the Second World War. It gave Hitler did the same thing. He had all mm-hmm. weapons registered. He then confiscated all the weapons. So the registration of weapons is strictly for the purpose of control and and retrieving and collecting all firearms. None of the illegal people that have the weapons are going to register them. None of the robbers, right. gangsters, communists, socialists. So if the president or anyone thinks a position of regulating this and doing that is going to be to an advantage, they're totally wrong. You cannot control, as they did with alcohol during Prohibition, they found that it was going to be produced and used anyway. They got rid of it. Uh, The Kennedy family made a fortune uh, during the Prohibition and the Mafia. Uh, The drug cartel today, what's going on with marijuana, uh, the issue with the weapons, all these tie right back in, and you're going to find someplace along the line that this all ties right back into the Illuminatis, the Jesuits, the One World Power. If the mm-hmm. American people allow this to happen, we got a problem. It's already happening, Dr. Talbert. It's, it's crazy, so crazy. I mean, we have, you know, areas of San Diego where there are no vehicles allowed on the roads, just bicycles. And then you have the rent bicycles on the sidewalk where you can rent the bicycles, um, you know, with your credit card or your debit card. And um, cities stack and pack as far as the housing, live where you work <laughs> theme um, are popping up all over the place. It's, it's, it's crazy, ridiculous. And we have cities that are fighting, 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 fighting. You'll see their, their videos on, on YouTube as far as the city council meetings and the people that show up fighting against this. Um, but, the, of course, the, the mayors and the county supervisors and all that um, ignore what the people want. And because the people will be bringing up good arguments against this or asking good questions of these people in those meetings, and um, they just dance around the subject. And they say, well, I'll get with you later after the meeting, and then nothing comes of it. So, yeah, it's heavy here. There are 36 states currently that have major organizations that are hidden names now, and they don't call themselves part of Agenda 21. And the object behind Agenda 21 was if I take all the people and put them in a local area and stack them on Mm -hmm. top of each other, restrict and control the roads, the government takes over the land and the waterways. We call that the climate control under the UN, where we divide the United States and in, in Hawaii into eight territories, which would mm-hmm. be controlled judicially and climatically. So all these factors that you're bringing up in California is all a lead-in, and people don't understand it's all part of Agenda 21. Right. And, well, now they're calling it sustainable development, and it's in the schools. Correct. And basically they're teaching the kids that we all need to just take our share so that way we can have a future that will be some for the future. Um, because if we, if we just consume everything as we do now, then there will not be a future for this world and for the environment. And it's like, what? 
<laughs> are you kidding me? But this is what they're telling them. And, and in, as far as, um, the, yes, their land and all that, it's all under for climate change to save the environment. It's, it's bad. Some are saying these fires that were recently in paradise because they had to do with PG&E and these smart meters and because it cleared out that whole town up there, um, just wiped it out, devastated it, just gone. And the fires that burned so rigorously, I mean, melting metal, steel. I mean, it's unbelievable. And those type of fires, forest fires, don't cause that type of thing. And, when, and they don't skip over houses. But what they're finding investigation-wise is that the houses that did not have smart meters were the ones that were still standing. Hmm. Uh, let's uh, bring in Kelly. Uh, let's uh, bring him into the show. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Kelly. How are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm well, I'm kind of confused, but I first wanted to, um, <clears throat> I guess, focus on you a little bit. You had a serious concern with your daughter, and I second the motion of Suzette to pray for you. Nobody else uh, want to pray for, I'm not doing it now. I'm just, you know, I've prayed. So maybe, you know, a few people can pray for Robert's daughter. That's a tough thing to go through. Won't get into details. But, uh, but yeah, I'm terribly confused, Robert, because, you know, um, this time of the year, um, soap and sleigh. That song keeps coming up. The soap and sleigh. What's the soap and sleigh? You know, the one horse Jingle soap bell. and sleigh. Right. Yeah, Joe, yeah John Jingle bells. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I just don't know what a soap and sleigh is. It's just a difficult time, and I'm also confused because, well, the Republicans, as I mentioned before, gee, the House is Republican. The Senate is Republican. Aren't they going to vote for the wall? I think I predicted that. I asked that question a couple months ago, you know, before the Democrats take over the House. Are the Republicans going to vote for the funding? Well, I did some math here. Um, a little bit of mathematics. You take $6 billion, that's what Trump wants for the wall. Divided by 300 million people, that's $20 per person. I think I'm going to get an envelope and put $20 and send it to the White House. Oh, but oh, wait a minute. Half the people aren't going to pay the taxes, so that's – the cost of the wall would be 40 bucks. <laughs> Just 40 bucks an envelope. There you go. Or maybe, you know, some people that have jobs, even uh, minimum wage. Would some people willing to be work, work four hours? Well, California minimum wage, like 11 something. Four hours for security? Four hours donation to like maybe keep their jobs from illegals taking their jobs? I mean, that's kind of an interesting concept. But, uh, so we're the Republicans. Why aren't the Republicans doing their job? I was like, come on. So Trump's going to, you know, from Breitbart, about a million and a half or a billion and a half. It's unbelievable, guys. I, I just you wonder why I'm libertarian, which also confuses me. What are the two main political parties? I thought they were Republican, Democrat. They're actually Laurel and Hardy, which have turned this three-branch of government <laughs> system into – Larry, Moe, and Curly. So it's, you know, there's much to talk about, by the way. Uh, you know, I'll come back later. Let's we'll just introduce some topics. The grand jury is going to go after 9-11. That's one. We have William Barr is the appointed attorney general. Um, uh, other things going on, but the uh, while we're on the fires in California, the wonderful fires, um, I've heard that report too, Susan, that smart meters were – well, if you didn't have a smart meter, you, you didn't lose your house. Um, but there was one thing in Paradise. I mean, I can't confirm that. But Paradise, 
Um, there's a guy, videos of him in front of the city council where they decided to uh, take the main drag, which was two two lanes downtown, you know. They decided, he, and he warned him, don't do this. Don't do this in case of fire. How are people going to be able to get out of town? But the city council decided to go Agenda 21. Instead of two two lanes, they turned in just two one lanes. And the fire happened, and people couldn't get out, and people died. There's over a thousand people missing. Um, you know, it's just uh, let's have this nice little green plush area where there used to be a road that would help people get away when there was a fire. So, yeah, it's just I mean, the world's a zoo. California's a zoo. Oregon has a new zoo. They put a fence around California. Um, <laughs> but it's just frustrating. Um, it's just it's just frustrating, and Trump's trying to do obviously get up a wall. It's a very good thing, and uh, he just can't get the funds. It's like, come on, guys. Ugh. Um, and it's amazing how the Republicans said, "Well, let's vote on uh, the wall funding after the election, after the midterms." Like seriously, guys, seriously, you may have kept the house if you would have voted for the uh, wall funding, but no, man, just career politicians know better. I mean, maybe I would rather see Laurel and Hardy as my politicians. At least they have good intentions. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I just turn it back to you. That's just kind of smooth. I don't want to get to later. I want to get to uh, William Barr, the appointed attorney general. I want to get to 9/11, the grand jury. Um, what that means? Uh, they're opening that investigation back up again, and a couple other things. So I turn it back over to you. Maybe, maybe we'd be lucky to have the bearded white guy. Uh, say a few things. So back to you. Well, I, 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 I have the bear white guy on in uh, just a few uh, few minutes. But first, the Doug Tobert sent me uh, some information about a continuing resolution uh, that they're going to be uh, or they have voted for, and then I think he said the Senate. But we'll, we'll, you you brought that over to me, Doug Tobert. So we'll turn it over to you, and then we'll get the bearded white guy over, and then we'll bring it back up uh, to Joseph. You know about what type of president do we think? Uh, that Trump's going to be uh, in 2019 once the, the uh, Democrats take the House, because you know, as we said earlier, uh, he's not re- he's not really a Republican. And my my concern is, and, and I'm hoping he's not, is that when now that they're going to be in the House, if he's going to be you know taking a more of a mantle of some of their uh, agenda, uh, so that it can look that you know you know because with his legacy that he's getting things done. So I'm hoping that's not what we're going to be looking at, but I, I wonder uh, if that's something that we'll see uh, once they take the house and, and, and see what uh, you know Trump does with that. But first, let's go ahead and uh, do you want to report on that, Doctor Tolbert, about the continuing resolution? I know I was hearing some, uh, you know, about that nothing Dutch and so, but it sounds like they've they've gone ahead and had a vote uh, to keep that, uh, some things going until February 8th. Of course, the Democrats will have done taking over by then, and then they'll never get the wall after that, at least not for the next two years. Um, and, and I hope it wasn't just a, hey, get Trump reelected, which I'm actually hearing some talk about, you know, maybe he's even just thinking about this thing, his only term, which, which you know, I don't know. Maybe it would suck, maybe not. I mean, I don't know just with how things are going lately. Uh, but what, would you like to comment on that or bring that in, Dr. Tolbert, before we bring in the bearded white yeah. guy? Yeah, we'll just let's cap it up. Is the Senate did approve the budget, which was the same budget we have now through the 
uh, first week of February. The Re House of Representatives will vote on it tomorrow, and then Trump has to make a decision. And Sarah Sanders has said that we won't close the government's uh, funding because of the wall, and the $5 billion is not included in the current budget. Right. So everything you're talking about tonight, the odds of the wall being built under the program of the $5 billion are probably no uh, in 2019. Mm -hmm. There's a probability at the $1.5 billion that's already been allocated will start the structure and it will be a military intervention and budget from there that will produce yep. it. But the fact is that there is not going to be a close down over the holidays, the 8th of February, the funding. The representatives will sign the bill on the 21st of uh, December and the president will sign off on it and the funding for the wall is not part of it. So that's pretty much it. Yep, and, and that's part of feel what a lot of people are, are getting so frustrated. It's like, you know, Trump, you know, we, we voted for somebody because we wanted somebody who had guts. We want, we thought we voted for somebody who was going to stand up to the Democrats, stand up to the establishment Republicans. You know, and we hear all these things that, you know, that, that Trump got accomplished uh, – but you know, some of those smaller peripheral things, he's put some justices in. We'll see if they pan out to be the worth the fight uh, that you know that they were uh, to have them put in there. Uh, but yeah, again, you know, I mean, this was his thing. Just like Obama, here's the thing about the difference that, that kind of pisses me off, and it's an observation, you know. And then we we're bringing the bearded white guy, and it kind of pisses me off because it's like Obama got his freaking Obamacare. He got his Obamacare. He shoved it down the people's throats. And this guy is supposed to be some, you know, literally. I mean, whoever saw Obama as this, like, strong, you know, politician, right? No one gave him crap for pushing, you know, his wall. Well, I can't say nobody. I mean, that, that's not true. I mean, he, he did get a lot of flight from the Republicans, you know, you know, you know, and saying stuff like, well, you got to, you know, and how big it was and how, you know, you got to read it before you know what's in it, you know, or you have to pass it before – you know what's in it and the complaints about that. But my point is, is he got it passed. He got it through. He got Obamacare through. Obama did. And then you have Donald Trump, who's supposed to be the art of the deal. You know, I, you know, I, I feel terrible for, well, for, for, you know, lambasting, but if, the art of the deal, the, the negotiator. And it's like your – I mean, Obama got his signature, you know, legislation or, or thing done, you know, which was Obamacare. And and this has been like the crux of his campaign, and, and, and we're not going to get it. We may not even see it till 2020, unless, as you pointed out, Dr. Trollberg, I think that may be a likely uh, scenario, is that we'll, he'll just use the government. Go ahead, Suzette. I was just going to say, he, I thought you wanted Obama to chime in on something. when they were on recess, and so not a single Republican had voted for it, but they were on recess when they had taken that vote on Obamacare. And that was a dirty trick, but that's how it got passed. Well, well, and, I, and I, I'm not disagreeing with that, but he got it passed. You know, I mean, he he he, he was successful, and you got Trump. He's supposed to be known for his success, and where is it? You know, I'm I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. I'm not kind of. I'm really disappointed about that. I mean, and also you still. I mean, Hillary Clinton is she locked up? No. You know, I mean, she's still running free. I mean, who knows? Maybe they don't want to throw her in jail because. Maybe the reports of her being in bad health are true. I don't know. Um, 
you know, but you know, I don't know. It's, it's very frustrating where you know you think he, you know, he he keeps saying he's, you know, he'll stand up to the Democrats, but I just don't see where he's doing it. And let's go ahead and bring in the bearded white guy, get his comments on that. Then we'll bring things back around. Thank you very much uh, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing fantastic. I'm going to give Trump a new slogan real quick. If you want your wall, you can keep your wall. You know, the same slogan as Obama used for Obamacare. Well, there you go. Then maybe that'll work. Right, right. Maybe that'll work. I don't know. Um, As far as everything that's going on, um, I'm more stuck on a small smidgen of a situation that's going on here in California. And I don't know if Suzette got wind of this yet. Um, the plastic straw ban. Good old Jerry Brown and his green thinking. I think the man's lost his mind once again. So, yeah, in California, we're banning plastic straws and going to paper straws. You know, after we banned yep. paper bags to go to plastic bags. So mm. Oh, my goodness. Liberal thinking, how do we bridge. do this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that don't well, make sense. We'll so you got a, a, a really <laughs> plastic straw that doesn't have a lot of well, plastic to it, and you know, which I don't know how the hell you drink out of a out of a paper straw. I mean, what uh, eventually if you drink out paper straw, the grades into your mouth and into your drink, and yeah, so we're we're you know. We're in favor of getting rid of paper bags because people were throwing them in landfills. Even recycled paper bags were going into landfills and doing what they're supposed to do, degrading. Um, But no, 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 we had to ban those. So now we got plastic bags that are twice as thick, made from recyclable materials, but plastic straws are bad. So we need paper straws. Why? Because Jerry Brown sucks. (laughs) So I'm going with with the slogan that... I'm going with the slogan that Jerry Brown doesn't want anything sucking more than he does in the world, so he's banning plastic straws. <laughs> because they suck slightly more than he does. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm, I'm, I've, I'm, well, it makes more sense. I mean, it, it, plastic bags are bigger than straws, so I don't know why that, that would make sense. But Right, right. But, it, no, we're, we're banning paper bags and keeping paper... Er, and keeping paper straws and banning plastic straws, but keeping plastic bags. Uh, I got into an argument with a liberal friend of mine about this, and his answer was, well, they're cutting down the trees for the paper bags. No, they're not. They're made out of recycled. They were all stamped with recycled material. These paper bags are made with recycled material. Didn't didn't matter what grocery store you went into. They were all recycled. Unless some sneaky little sneaky was running around cutting down trees making paper bags. I don't think that's the case, though. So, well, if it was, I mean, so now we have forest fires because there are trees, there are too many trees. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. And, I mean, a straw that takes up, oh, less than, what is it, 0.001% of a landfill. Oh, wait, no, no, Kelly and I did the math on this. The statement was that we as a nation do, um, uh, he can correct me if I'm wrong, Five million straws a day in a landfill. That gives us the amount of, for just California, one and a half straws. Who's using a half a straw? (laughs) Per day. Per day. Per day. Yes, per day. 
One and a half straws per day. Yeah, one and a half straws per day. I am trying to think of the liberal douche nozzle who decided to walk into the uh, governor's office and go, I have a big complaint and I must lobby this to you. There are too many plastic straws. I went to a landfill and found five in one area. That means we got a billion, billion straws. No, no, let's do the math a little more. Okay, five million. Really? Oh, well, that calculates out to astronomical numbers. One and a half straws. The uh, legacy of Jerry Brown will be he saved the world from plastic straws. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah that that maybe that would be a slogan against uh, uh, the person uh, later. Um, and Dr. Tolbert, I uh, want to, you know, say goodnight for the evening. He's uh, going to call tonight. I think that uh, young wife of his is keeping him busy. I'm just kidding. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, he had, uh, well, he's, he's in a bunch of different time, uh, time zone than we are as well. Uh, I believe he's uh, still in Trinidad right now. Um, so I know they're, you know, they're, they're much, I believe they're, they're, they're later than us. Uh, and, and it's already going on 11. So let's go ahead and bring things uh, back around uh, to, uh, up at the top of the hour, you know. And since Rome is the top of the year, I can't, you know, the, the, this month, I mean, this year's going fast. None of this month has been, uh, been flying by. Um, but one of the things, you know, I'm starting to wonder is how, you know, again, you know, you know, Trump's going to be in, in 2000. I mean, 2000, 2019. Um, so I like to bring, uh, you know, that uh, to the fore for you. Uh, I mean, how do you think he's going to? Uh, how do you think he's going to govern? How do you think he's going to, uh, you know, be this pre- you know president? Where I mean, yeah, yeah they still have the Senate, um, but when you have the likes of, you know. Of Chuck Schumer and, and, and Nancy Pelosi, uh, and now of course you know, especially with Pelosi being, you know, presumably at least the speaker. And at this time, I don't see I don't see any reason why uh, she won't be speaker um, of the House. I, I I just don't see where she's, you know, that's not going to happen. I mean, and especially with what we just saw with uh, tonight with uh, the report, you know, from. Dr. Tolbert about, well, you know, oh, continuing a resolution. For me, that's caving. I, you know, I mean, Trump's like, I'll, I'll be proud to shut down the government. You know, the base is like, shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. And, oh, well, we're going to do a continuing resolution. We're not going to get the money for the wall. Um, you know, nothing. And then she, but it's, here's the thing. You know, uh, let's be honest. And, and we're not in Bart's logic after dark anymore uh, right now, but I'm going to use these terms. Schumer just bitch slapped Trump. He did. He just bitch slapped Trump, and Schumer got his way. They're, they, they, they're not even taking over the House yet. They're not even in power yet, and they just bitch slapped Trump by saying, you're not going to get your wall, and guess what? He's not, and Trump's like – and here's Trump. Okay, does anyone here know what the term cuckold means? That's what just happened to yeah. Donald Trump. That's what, in my opinion, just happened to President Trump. Uh, I can't believe it. Go, yeah, go ahead, Doug. Go, go I, ahead, I, uh, Joseph. Oh, it's it's my turn. Yeah, yeah. I just I was a oh, little tirade there, you know, because I'm like I, I do. I, I feel like that Trump's just been bitch slapped by by Schumer. No, no worries. Um, I actually share the same sentiment as as I was speaking earlier. Um, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Donald Trump. They had a. Uh, a press conference or more of a debriefing um, 
at the White House, and already they started with their tirades of uh, not budging. Um, Schumer and uh, Pelosi were ganging up on Trump and saying that we could do border security without the wall. And as I was saying earlier, you know, I'm just uh, also reiterating what you were saying. They're not even elected, and already they're they're on the tone of no compromise and getting nothing done. Um, that's Which is the exact opposite of what Pelosi said. Go ahead. Exactly. Um, actually, it was on YouTube. Uh, you can look it up on YouTube. Um, it's a 10-hour video. Uh, 10-hour video. Sorry. 10-minute video. And it shows um, that there was a shouting match um, between Trump, Pelosi, and Schumer. Uh, and many times Pelosi uh, said, you know, this is not the, the place to do it. Um, Trump you know, in other words, it was it was it was pretty much a shouting match in front of the cameras. And um, back to as you were saying that a lot of the burden does fall on the American people. I agree with you. I I think you and I have, and a lot of people on this show have been saying for years that that one of the main problems is 85% of Americans are very uninformed, uh, not very knowledgeable, uh, and very. Uh, easy and very um, gullible, um, easy to sway. And that's the problem. If you have the majority of the population that is in a dogmatic slumber, hold on one second, I'm sorry for the background noise. If you have 85% of the population that's in a dogmatic slumber, um, you know, it, it just goes to show you who do they keep on voting year after year after year when when uh, all these establishment politicians from both sides, um, you know, continue to be in office for 40 years, it's the majority of the American people. That is the problem. So I, I couldn't agree with you more, Robert. The majority of the blame falls on the American people because we, the people, are granted a unique power in this constitutional republic that other countries would die for. And that is we have the power in the ballot box. We have the power to hire politicians, but we have the power to fire them. And most of the population are very uninformed, uh, easily misguided. Um, and, you know, therefore you could tell them that a unicorn is coming tomorrow and they believe it. And they wouldn't bother to do the research behind that. So, yeah, you know, that that's that's why we're at the precipice right now as we speak. It's you know, over 40 years of the American voters making very poor informative decisions in the ballot box. And, you know, that is a travesty. Uh, on the same token, you make another valid point about Obamacare. Um, and Suzette makes a valid point that, you know, the Democrats did it in a very sneaky way, um, uh, did it uh, during a time when, you know, the session was not in uh, place. But nonetheless, you make a valid point. Um, for the majority of Obama's term, he had full collaboration from his party. Literally, when Obama said jump, you know, the Democrats would say how high. Uh, and that's how he was able to get a lot of things done even after Obamacare, after he lost um, the House to the Republicans back in 2010. Is he had no problem getting full collaboration with his party. If anything, you right. dared say anything negative about President Obama, ooh, the Democrats would come after you with, with, with razor teeth. The difference is you're right. I had the hope and expectation that when Donald Trump was elected, 
I had the hope and expectation that, of course, I knew not everyone was going to be on board, but I had the hope and expectation that he would have enough support to be able to get, you know, the major components of his agenda passed. Of course, you know, as many agendas as previous presidents have had, it's almost an impossibility to get everything you want passed, but you can get a lot passed depending on, you know, what collaboration you have from your own base. And Trump has never had that from day one. And, you know, many people misconstrue me saying that as if I have something personal against Donald Trump, uh, President Trump. And I'll say it again. I have nothing personally against him. I harbor no negative feelings against him. I don't agree with a lot of the things he's done and how he's approached it. But on a personal level, as a human being, I have nothing against him, nothing whatsoever. I never have. When he won, I said the American people had spoken, and that should be respected. And I was one of the first ones to tell my colleagues who didn't support Trump, you know what? He earned the benefit of the doubt, and the least we can do is um, respect the will of the American people. The American people have spoken. He is our president, and the best thing we can do is encourage him, stay on his agenda, because if he succeeds, America succeeds. And believe me, I want it with all my heart and all my might, but I I don't think he's ever going to get that collaboration. And yes, Trump is not um, the only person to blame. I'm I'm not here to berate him because, you know, there's a lot of different factors that are combined. But at the same time, you know, you you just can't you can't pull a rabbit out of a hat. Well, maybe you can technically if you're doing a magic show. But as the saying goes in politics, you know, it's not like Trump is going to be able to pull a rabbit out of a hat and all of a sudden for the next two years, Republicans are going to say, um, Republicans are going to say kumbaya, and we're going to get on board. Um, and to be very honest with you, uh, I'm starting to realize that regardless of who would have been the nominee, I don't think that that person would have had the full collaboration because the Civil War and the GOP uh, already existed during the Romney uh, era. And the Romney era, I call it, is when Romney ran for president. It was already starting the ripples. And it even rippled more when he didn't get elected and a lot of Republicans blamed um, the establishment for uh, choosing him as the puppet and choosing the wrong puppet. Uh, And so, you know, the one thing that Democrats have as an advantage is they have an amazing ability. They always have. of No matter how much disagreement they have, at the end of the day, they'll be mortal enemies one day, but the next day they'll come together as best friends in solidarity. And that's Mm -hmm. the one thing the Republican Party has never been able to achieve. And that's why Obamacare was able to get passed. And many other, uh, you know, left-wing legislation and policies throughout the history of the United States. Um, If you look at FDR when he passed the Great Deal, um, you know, Democrats have this amazing ability of sticking together uh, at the end of the day. Republicans, they never have. And you know, once again, there goes the two-party system. There's no third-party alternative. And it's a shame because it's like we're being choked, you know, by this two-party system, and we have no other viable alternative 
and it's a shame because, you know, I am confident that Robert, you, and everyone else on the show are true American patriots, and we want our country to be revived again. We want our country to be great again. We, we, we all admit that we are the greatest country in the world. Yes, have we made our mistakes like any other country? Yes, we have, but I don't think there's any greater country in the world than the United States, and it tears my heart to see this country crumbling. Um, and crumbling because our two-party system is continuing to fail us. We have no third option, and 85% of the American population are continuing to enable this two-party system. And the politicians uh, that don't care about their constituents, they care about remaining in power. And um, that's just my take on it. Yeah, certainly we've got... um... And I think I mean, even more so, and I do see a couple of Skype callers. We'll get you in the green room in a little bit if I get uh, your names and, and certainly bring in the show. As I'm even thinking even more so when Trump got elected that the Republican Party has – and more so when he got elected than any other time – really showed who, that they're the, you know, they're the same uh, – they're a different side of the same coin. You know that they really are. What they are is there, and I think this is one of the appeals of Donald Trump is they are career politicians, and that pissed them off to no end that this upstart Donald Trump, who's never been in politics before, um, won the won the, the the you know the top prize, right, the top seat in politics, the president of the United States, never been in politics. He didn't pay his dues. On the Democrats just hate him because he ran as a Republican, but the Republicans hate him because they don't feel like they paid his dues. I mean one of the problems with the Republican Party when it comes to electing is they have this – it's his neck turnism. You know, I mean you, you've seen that since Reagan, if not before, probably as much before Reagan at least that I know. But I know since Reagan, it was it's his turnism when it came to who became or at least ran – uh, for the president of the United States. I mean, if you look from Reagan on, whoever was the second place guy, well, that's the guy who they want to be the nominee for the next time for, to be president. You had it with Bush, you know, you had it with, you know, with Romney, you had it with, you know, Dole. I mean, it's his turnism. Okay, so, so we, Trump didn't pay his dues, and that's why, uh, you know, they hated him. And then you had folks like Bill Crystal, we all see recently. Uh, what happened to um, the Weekly Standard? It's going. It's, it's done. It's done. And um, so we're, you're not going to see that. I mean, it's it's gone. Uh, yeah, thank you, Bill Crystal. I mean, with him turning uh, against Trump. Well, I, I, <laughs> there went his publication, right? Um, and, and so, and, and you see, there's a lot of the Democrats. I mean, a lot of the Republicans, you know, for Senate. But I think again, bringing it back to the the, the people is that. They could have primaried a lot of these other Republicans and, frankly, Democrats, but we're talking about the Republicans here. They could have primaried them out, but they didn't. They didn't primary them out. I mean, that's one of the things we were hoping for is we had these, you know, these grassroots candidates, these people like Roy Moore, you know, where, yeah, he won, but then, you know, we, we see what happened with him. But then you had the other ones, where, which baffled me, where Trump would endorse the, you know, the, the establishment candidate. And you know, instead of the more grassroots candidate, which was baffling to me, I mean, I think the reason why he does it is I think here's the thing: I think Trump was trying to get support from people who were never really going to give it to him, 
who were really never going to give it to him. And I think that's why he picked like Rince, Rince Pubis uh, to initially be his uh, his chief of staff. Um, and I think there's, you know, I haven't heard much about who his next one will be. But anyway, if he even needs one, I mean, they, there is even some things I've seen where yeah, really, he may not even need a, uh, a chief of staff. But anyway, to, you know, it's trying to placate in some ways the establishment, thinking somehow they're going to support him. But but they're not, and now with the Democrats, you know, you're going to have the House, you know, in January. I mean, I think that just opens them up to turn, you know, turn on him. That's why I mean, I I still am kind of concerned about Trump getting, you know, at first it was like, yeah, you know, the Senate. But I mean, even with the House, and maybe even you know, with being the Democrats, they'll certainly impeach him. And I don't even know how how far I trust the uh, the Republicans uh, with that in the Senate. Uh, you know, to not do that. I mean, I, I don't know if there would be enough votes to actually do it, but you know, I think all this this time him trying to placate him, and then with this recent thing with what we just heard about, you know, the the government. I mean, why the hell are they so afraid to shut down the government? It just it drives me nuts. Uh, but let's go ahead and we've got other callers, so I don't want to take all the bike time. We still got plenty of time, but I believe we got. Uh, as I said, I'm going to do uh, some green rooming, but first I believe we got John on the line. Uh, thank you very much, John, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Yeah, is this me? Yeah, that's you, John. Okay. I didn't know if you pushed the wrong button, and I was just thinking you were talking to me. You know, De Niro, you talking to me? Whatever, however he does it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, are you talking to me? Something like that. But anyway, I, go ahead. I think most uh, everybody listening and those that are on the call are probably in agreement with you and Joseph and whoever said, you know, we the people are at fault. And the tricky part, you know, for the last 231 years, the elitists have figured out how to corrupt the politicians while they're in their campaigns in order to lie to us and tell us what they know we want to hear and then out of the 17 choices we have, they're all already in the back pocket of the elite, you know, puppet masters. So it's heads they win, tails we lose. So either way, we got to figure out, in my humble opinion, <clears throat> how to overcome this division. You know, divided we fall, united we stand. So how do we get organized and focused to eat this elephant one bite of a time because part of my concern and we're all repeating a lot of the same things over the last number of weeks is Trump is surrounded by enemies and he has to have our support because we need to take to the streets and show our support. Trump, Go ahead, John. Do what? I said I think we I think I think I, I think conservatives and those who support Trump we need to take a play. We need to take a part of the playbook of the liberals on the left. We need to make signs. We need to make hay, and we need to get our asses out and get people together. You know, get our. The problem is, is we're always working. You know, but get our asses out on the street and and and, and physically show, in mass, our support for Trump. Well, that's what the damn. That's what the liberals do. They march the streets. Maybe we need to march the streets saying we support our president. We, you know, we don't support this, you know, this other people's government who's against our president that we elected. Go ahead. Yeah, well, we need they, to make a visible sign to that. get out, get millions and millions of people out in the street. Yeah. 
Yeah, they do. They do much more than that, in my humble opinion, Robert. Because think about it: the elitist, they work with all the doggone parties, and we're always talking about the left and the right, the Democrats and the Republicans. But those are just smokescreen distractions in order to keep us busy while they're doing the other nonsense, nefarious stuff behind the, you know, curtain, so we don't start focusing on those things. And that's why Trump, since he got into office, has just continually surrounded himself by globalists. And there may be uh, fascists, but they're still globalists. They might be liberal, but they're still globalists. They might be a Marxist, but they're still a globalist. Because the people at the top with all the money know how to manipulate the strings to make sure that no matter who the candidates are that are running, after a short period of time, they get influenced to, to start towing the party. I'm saying the party line. I'm talking about party in this sense, the, you know, puppet mash party line. And it don't matter for the last 231 years since the declaration, I mean, since the Constitution was put into office. Every administration, no matter what their good intentions were, they get into office. It's been very super rare that anybody like Trump makes it through. And it hadn't been for Trump being a billionaire and able to pay his own way, then we probably would have got another crony, crooked person. So how do we focus to get whatever the plan is, to work a plan, get a plan of action, and work that plan of action? And so we know we can chop it into, you know, three different things that we can all grab onto to get our hands together with each other and work on because there's 400 issues out there and we're all looking at all the different issues and talking about different parts of the different issues, but we're not talking to each other about what ones we can all get together on and tackle and move together as a united force. So therefore they're just keeping us in chaos, you know, talking about all these distractions well, they're running off. It's not our power is not in the ballot box. We know that's a rigged system, and um, it's it's just another distraction technique. And the um, trying to overcome the system means we have to demand to take back our power in determining our burdens and encumbrances. Because as long as we got billionaires and millionaires out there in in the world that can outbid us, then they're going to be able to always pay off the staffers and administrators and the people around whoever we get in the office, just like Trump's in the office. He's on our side, supposedly. We're starting to question that. But he gets corrupted or encircled by all the people that are the cronies with the um, super elite, you know, puppet masters, and therefore Trump doesn't hear from us. He's sheltered. I mean, he's like stuck in a bunker trying to do the best he can with his kids. And his kids, I don't see them touching base with many people, except maybe some of the, and I'm going to say this kind of tongue-in-cheek because I don't know the details, but it seems like to me that a lot of the Christians that he's surrounded himself with are the globalist Zionists, from what I understand. Now, I could be wrong because I don't know that many of them, but the point of it is is we got to figure out a way to, focus on two or three things and do bite this elephant one at a time. And when we get those two or three things done, we grab on another two or three things that we can get united on. And another thing I want to point out too is 
you know, we keep talking about George Soros, and he funds this money for these protests and all these different ads and stuff around our country trying to push his you know, global order mentality and stuff. Well, dude, that's treasonous. That is a person trying to overthrow the United States Constitution and government, and we got all these people in our government on you know all the different elitist party groups, Democrats and Republicans, just tag team dog tackling Donald Trump and then just totally obliterating the rule of law. This is like I've said before, it's the rule of man deceitfully masquerading under the color of law. They've done away with, um, you know, fruit of the poison tree. They've done away with innocent until proven guilty. Trump doesn't get to face any witnesses because there were no witnesses. So they just take him up on them. That means that the government has no standing to even be investigating this stuff. I mean, it's corruption to the max. And, you know, George Soros, I don't think he's a United States citizen. So all these People around America that are always talking about, oh, we need to have this, you know, new world order and one world order type nonsense like um, uh, George Soros, and then they go and be a part of these protests. Well, they're all treasonous traitors trying to overthrow the government. And see, that's being thrown out the window. But they blame Trump for trying to use, you know, which, uh, oh man, I get frustrated with all this, and I don't understand why. More Americans don't understand the details. I think we got to figure out how to communicate with each other the details. My means specifically, I'm probably not the greatest communicator. I try hard, but it, it is a uh, two-way street. You got to be able to work with the people and meet them where they're at and their understanding, and then they meet you where you're at and your understanding, and we work together and take each other to a new level of understanding and knowledge and wisdom to move forward. Because my ignorance. You might have a strength to bring me up, and my strength might be able to help you bring up your weaknesses. But anyway, those are food for thought. But I think we just need to really figure out how to stop and focus to overcome the cronyism because we have a government of it's a maniacs. Turn it into a kleptocracy. It's not a constitutional capitalistic system. It's not free enterprise or laissez-faire or whatever. It's crony, crooked, plutocrats, kleptomaniacs, manipulating, double-speaking, and crapping all over everybody. Anyway, that's just my two cents for this round, and I'll be keeping you in my prayers with you and your daughter and all this going on. Back to you, brother. Well, I appreciate that, certainly. Um, now we uh, have Mike on the line, so let's go ahead and uh, bring in Mike. Uh, Thank you very much, uh, Mike. How are you tonight? Pretty good, sir. And Merry Christmas to you and Happy New Year to everyone. And Thank we you, don't Mike. say Happy Holidays Happy holidays anymore. And anybody who doesn't like it, I'm sorry. Uh, this is America. <laughs> That's quite uh, right. You, you can say and, Merry Christmas. And, and we say logic. Merry Christmas, Happy <laughs> Hanukkah to your listeners to good listeners, and etc. So anyway, you know, uh, something is incredibly strange is going on right now with all these food recalls and forecasts food shortages, leaving us asking what's really happening. And uh, you know that from baby foods 
to cereals, to meats. Uh, I mean, uh, we have so many lists, and if you want to say it, it will be long. But, and this is exactly happening when it's Christmas for Americans, and Christmas in Singapore and many other places as well, too, around the globe. But this is happening only in the United States right now. And uh, this is a very, very um, eye-opening that uh, we know that food is as a weapon that will be used against us uh, globally. First, maybe it starts from the United States and goes maybe to other countries. But, you know, who controls the food supply controls the people. Who controls the energy can control the whole uh, continent. And who controls money can control the world. Uh, and if you know, is a Henry Kissinger said that. So with that, I mean, we see that underground bases and bunkers were uh, getting their uh, stockpiles of food that is good for 25 years. And so is this possibly, um, you know, uh, kind of scams that they take the food and give it to the elite uh, forces around the globe uh, that, you know, is cheaper uh, and uh, so they buy it and put it, for, and uh, the, it's good for 25 years. I mean, dry it, and they have a special uh, high-tech uh, refrigerators, etc. So, I mean, uh, it's incredible that even organic lettuce in the United States is recalled for E. coli. So, I mean, we know that the fact that... Um, in 1978, Palestinian militant group that called itself Arab Revolutionary Army claimed responsibility to injecting oranges with mercury in order to induce panic and disrupt the Israeli economy. And many of those oranges end up to uh, Europe and USA as well too. In 1982, seven people died in Chicago because someone laced Tylenol capsule with potassium cyanide. The killer was never founded. In 1984, Moringa some candy with laced with cyanide by a personal group that called itself Monster with 21 faces. That can cause, uh, a, a, that case also was never solved. So also in 1984, glass pins and other objects were found in girls' escort cookies in multiple states. So, and we go to 1989, Chilean grapes were poisoned with cyanide. The campaign was supposed to draw attention to living condition of the poor people in Pinochet government. So this is something we need to look at it because it's, I don't understand it. Why this thing should happen again, close to Christmas and New Year? So are those people are doing it? Are uh, unchristian people that are trying to sabotage our happiness for Christmas and New Year? That's something we need uh, to question. And 
you know, to get to the bottom of the story. And you can see it allnewspipeline.com. And it should be the second story down there. Oh, what, what's uh, the name of the website? Uh, All News Pipeline. All News Pipeline? Yes, yeah. All News Pipeline. And okay. regarding the uh, uh, situation right we're having, the wall, I mean, uh, we saw the Nancy Pelosi and uh, uh, the Schumer uh, were talking to the President Trump, and, uh, you know, they... They said, yeah, we are, uh, uh, he's going to close the, the partial government uh, in Christmas. And then uh, they said, well, go ahead, do it. <laughs> I mean, so now we find out that uh, there is a new bill is on the, his desk soon, or within the next uh, 24 hours, that if he sign it, they are going to fund it, the money, until January 1st. And when January 1st comes, and of course we know Democrats in House of Rep, so I mean, this wall, first of all, to me, to the people, I mean, if you ask, I hope some German listeners call, call us from Germany, and they say about the wall that they had. I mean, wall means division. I mean, we are, uh, uh, I mean, German ball came down by Reagan and uh, Gorbachev. And so we saw what happened. Now we want to put create a wall. It doesn't make sense to anybody in the world right now. I mean, yes, you can use your uh, uh, military uh, like North Korea. I mean, if you put your leg one inch into North Korea, North Korean soldiers, they pick you up like you never thought of it. Yes, that's okay. But, I mean, that makes more sense. But, but if you put a wall, $1 billion, and right now we have a GoFundMe, uh, also they have, uh, uh, yeah, go, uh, www, 3Ws, always you put, dot GoFundMe.com a slash the Trump wall. I mean, right now they raised $2 million and the goal is $1 billion. I mean, they said that people of the United States are going to pay, be united and pay $1 billion to Donald Trump to make the wall. I mean, this is madness. This, if, we, if we don't know the history of the world, then it's something wrong with all of us. Because Germany wall is coming down, came down. I mean, so many other walls came down in other countries. I mean, uh, that's true. Israel has their own wall. There is because of the big issues they have with terrorism and etc. But I mean, in the United States, we should be at least use our high tech, uh, you know, drones, and also. Uh, um, it's military uh, to close all the borderline. That's fine, naturally. I mean, that makes more sense than to have $1 billion uh, uh, collect or from people of U.S. or from uh, any uh, from military or from the Senate or House of Senate and House of Rep uh, approve it and $1 billion go to make a wall. 
And then we have the next president comes, or the two next president comes, they're going to bring the world law. I mean, we need to be logic. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, Mike. And uh, I mean, yeah, with in, in my end, in my end, up uh, you know, turning out that way that they'll have to use uh, you know funds from the military if they do uh, have a wall. And I mean, and I've been saying that for a while too. I mean. I'm kind of a um, you know multi-pronged approach with with a lot of things, and I would say that uh, build the wall and put our military down there. I really do. I think our military should be at our border. I mean, a, a country without uh, borders doesn't have sovereignty, and it really isn't a country at all. Um, so why even you know why even say we have countries if there's no borders? Uh, uh, who said? Uh, repeat, can you please? I said, and technology too, all of the above, just like what Robert yeah. was saying. Yeah, technology. We have drones and we have massive, uh, you know, uh, uh, arm, I mean, things that we we, we monitor the about three thousand, eighteen hundred uh, mile, uh, two thousand miles above from uh, San Diego to Texas. I mean, so, and and you said, yeah, military is, is that's fine. And also, you know, we have to be like North Korea, but at the both line, both borders, because we have, we have from Minnesota, I, uh, we have some feedbacks. Can somebody uh, yeah, bring I know their, what the head uh, thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. But 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 the question is we have to have two board, both border lines. We cannot say the south of us has a borderline or massive military. We become like North Korea, but at the same time we have open our northern border line, so anybody can come and go. I mean, from Minnesota, there, there is a, a multiple places that people can go without even going through the uh, Canadian immigration. And all, all the, all the, basically all the, uh, you know, uh, all the states that are connected to Canada. So if we have to do it for South, we have to do it for the North. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. Because if your borderline is open uh, from North, then what? Well, does anybody wants to come? They know how to come. Well, I've always felt that we could put a border like the wall of China or at least like the walls around um, Israel around all the borders of the United States and put in the technology and put on the personnel to be a part of that with all the technology. So I'm all above. Put it all into place. But uh, uh, for both borders, right? Or just for one borderline, please? Which one? All of them. North and uh, just south, like walls right? around your house. You want yeah, yeah, John. Yeah, he said uh, north and south walls. Oh, okay. That, that's uh, that's probably the most uh, uh, you know logic way. I mean, you cannot just close one borderline, and any uh, any people that can come from uh, Canada. Uh, you, uh, you know, you remember that there was one uh, Islamic terrorist came to through the, um, uh, you know, Vancouver area uh, to, Se- uh, to Seattle, but they captured him. They captured 
so so you see what I'm saying? I mean, uh, right now I'm sure there are so many ways they can come and go. Uh, uh, it's like a, a Palestinian to Israel. I mean, they come and go, whether they make tunnels underground or something, they can come and go as uh, they wish. That's not, uh, you know, so we have to really, if we want to do it, we have to do it for both borderline, or we don't do but it Michael, at all. Michael, there, in my humble opinion, all the media and the president and all these people that are talking about this border security and stuff, they never, ever actually speak about it in the proper, correct manner, in my opinion. Because it's not just about putting the wall up and focusing on the foreigners trying to get in. It's the to look around America, go out and visit your neighborhoods and all of your different states. Look how many people that we have living out of cars, living on park benches or in tent cities. And, you know, some people living in the doggone sewer culverts and stuff. And they're not on the public dole. These people are not even on the registry, dudes. And then you have the 42 million on SNAP alone. Those people are also on the public dole. And then you've got 40, uh, what, six some odd million on unemployment. That's on the public dole. And then, you know, that all adds up to the $21.8 trillion we're in debt to now. And so, therefore, you have legal United States citizens that are being denied, infringed, uh, abridged, their constitutional right to the pursuit of happiness because these um, one-world global-minded people want to run roughshod over the Constitution and say that the um, least among us have no right of representation. And as long as you and I choose to be comfortable in our house and eat our three squares or four square meals a day and run back (laughs) and forth doing our jobs and whatnot... And Vida Nicolae. Vida de Okay, just kidding. Go ahead. I said Vida de Colai. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Without Nicolai. <laughs> without any poison and whatsoever. Yes. But it, what the point of it is, is as long as we neglect our fellow citizen, then we have no right to claim any benefits of constitutional rights for ourselves. So if they just, you know, are so poor and whatnot or being run over, and this goes into millionaires too, that they, you know, strip themselves to the point where they're living paycheck to paycheck, barely making it, and they're one court um, date from going under bankrupt themselves. Every economic status level, there's people being um, hemorrhaging debt. Look at all the debt on the credit cards, over a trillion dollars. Look at all the debt on school loans, over a trillion dollars. Look at all the mortgage debt. Look at all the car debt. Look at the delinquency rates on the people that are late on paying their payments and stuff. It's 90, 120 days out past due. I mean, this stuff's going to blow up in our face, and that's why the oligarchy of um, uh, puppet masters are using the hedge fund operators and the institutional investors through their board of directors with their banks, you know, their uh, institutional investors through their banks to manipulate the stock market because they're making money. The stock market's not reflecting it whenever it's a downtrend because they're playing the shorts, and people don't understand that kind of stuff. 
And there, anyway, that's a whole long deal. But when we talk about this border security stuff, there's a whole lot more to it. We got to look out for our fellow man that is in the streets and living out of their cars and living in these homeless shelters and in these tents and whatnot because they want to make a life worth. When life ain't worth living, they get dangerous. And whenever more people come into our country that get stuck in that same boat, they start stealing from their neighbors and stuff. And a lot of times the police officers, these look how many um, cities around the country are facing potential bankruptcy. They don't have the police power to manage to control all that stuff. That's why they're trying to do this justice reform to let a lot of the low-level offenders off out of the prisons and out of the jails because mm-hmm. the jails are getting over full and they don't have enough money right. to go build more. And, they, and they've been, well, needless to say, yeah. a lot of them are going to jail over nefarious charges because, number one, they were deprived their due process rights of determining their burdens and encumbrances in a self-governing free people society. So they've been violated. The Constitution has been violated, and now they're being held by the rule of man deceitfully masquerading under the color of law. So our whole system is so screwed up, and we got to get more serious uh, about understanding how to talk about these issues. Back to you, Robert. Yes, well, and Mike, I want to say something to, about that. Quick. Two things, real okay. quick, Mike. Sure. Two things, uh, Noah, I'll bring it over to you. Uh, I did find uh, that website, and I posted uh, that article about the food on the Bard's Logic uh, Political Talks uh, Facebook page. Uh, if you don't, you know, if you don't uh, already have it uh, there, if you're a Facebook user, all you got to do is just put it in the search bar, Bard's Logic Political Talk, and then you'll, you'll be able to find the page, and I'll have the article. And I do have another article uh, from that website, the uh, – AllNewsPipeline.com uh, uh, that I want to read. Uh, you know, I, I just found it interesting because it, it actually I think goes well with our topic tonight. Uh, you know, or at least with what, what our conversation's been. Uh, and I'll get to that in a moment. But first, I do want to bring it back over to you, Mike, and I'll get to that article. Okay, I appreciate your sincerity, uh, brother uh, Robert, and God bless you always. Uh, you know, uh, uh, again. Uh, I, I try to remember what I want to say is quick. Yes, regarding, uh, but you know, China, if you put one leg, I mean, in the borderline, Chinese troops will get you, and you have to pay a big price as a result of it. Or, I mean, right now, there is one Guatemalan uh, refugee, I guess they came from the other borderline somehow. And uh, immigration troops, uh, uh, they catch them. Uh, And while in the hands of immigration uh, officers, that uh, seven years old Guatemalan uh, went to the hospital. And I guess, I think that person, they had uh, the uh, special... uh, uh, diseases they brought with themselves uh, called dengue, dengue fever, uh, or Newcastle fever, uh, with them. And uh, so that what happens? 
is that uh, seven years old Guatemalan uh, child died. Now, my gosh, it's you know, all the headline news everywhere you go. And now they're saying we need more information, more information, more information. I mean, when somebody put their leg in China, uh, I mean, they capture, they have to pay a price. They, in North Korea, even Russia, I mean, if, or, or anywhere in Russia, Federation, I mean. Hi, Mike. So, hi, 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 Suzette. Uh, and that's why, you know, we have, uh, they have to pay a price. So, but, but then if one person, something like that, oh my gosh, now he says, uh, we have to pay restitution to this Guatemalan uh, father and relatives. What the hell is happening? Go ahead, please. Mike, Go ahead. did you know that there are more people in the middle class in China? Because probably they don't let every Tom, Dick, and Harry inside their borders. And they have more people in, in their middle class economy um, than we do. And China has a pretty large population. Now, I'm not saying I want to be China as far as their policies and regulations, but the whole um, protecting themselves and, and their borders and people stepping in won't make it, uh, maybe that's what we should do. Sounds good to me. I mean, I, we have, I have no problem. We want, uh, you know, first American uh, nationals should be first. And then if we ever could, then maybe we can try some other uh, people come in. But we have, I mean, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's just what happens that uh, Syria refugees coming to United States already. I mean, we know we have reports that come at night. They bring them at night. Oh, my gosh. That sounds like a spaceship or something. Yeah, no, can you, can, maybe do you want us uh, all call up and call in maybe? Because this is... Well, that's okay. I mean, is, it don't happen. It's, it's not happening a lot, and it's kind of an interesting sound, so I'm not, I'm not too bothered yeah. by it. But, <laughs> but I do have, uh, okay. it's only about a quarter to the hour, so um, in about 10 minutes I'm going to let uh, John do uh, that thing he does so well. Uh, but first, I'm going to read the article, and I want to get everyone's uh, – I haven't had a chance to read it, so you're hearing it the first time that I'm reading it. So <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what it's from. And this is uh, also from that uh, all new, uh, allnewspipeline.com that, you're, uh, that you gave us uh, there, Mike. And then I want to get everybody's take, and we'll go down the line on that uh, after John uh, does his thing. Um, and we'll start uh, with yourself, Joseph, and then uh, Suzette, and then Kelly, and the bearded white guy, and then uh, yourself, John, and then and then Mike on this article. But I just the, the title of it just kind of drew my attention, so I want to read it. We'll see what uh, you know <laughs> what it really is. But I'd still like to make comments on it. But uh, even if you say, "Yeah, that's bull crap," but anyway, it says if they take down POTUS Trump, will the tyrants carry out uh, uh, Stasi? Uh, style roundups and Hitler-scale killings of patriots as one ICE agent allegedly warned before his death. It says the globalist endgame is nothing less than death to America. Uh, it says Agenda 2030. So we brought up Agenda 21 uh, tonight. So this is Agenda yeah, yeah. 2030. Uh, 2030, by yes, Stefan yes, yes. Stanford. Uh, it says all news pipeline, live free or die. 
says in this new uh, in this new story over at CBN News that the Drudge Report linked to Tuesday morning, and this is an article from today. Uh, they report that Christians are standing in the way of China's President Xi Jinping from completely imposing totalitarian rule over the country. So Christians are being rounded up and jailed with one pastor recently arrested, uh, along with his wife, for inciting subversion of state power by preaching the gospel. Wow, what am I re- is it the Bible Hour now, Kelly? No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, uh, interestingly, <laughs> the Chinese people have been banned from even talking about this roundup on social media. Uh, just the latest story showing that nothing will be able to stop China from falling into full-scale tyranny within the state, imposing its full will upon the Chinese people. The CBN story tells us that Christians aren't alone in the prosecution being carried out by the state, uh, with Muslims, Buddhists, and other faith groups coming under the intense scrutiny by government that has shown it wants to control every single aspect of the Chinese people's lives and for the Chinese people and all religions to actually worship the state, which I think that's what the liberals are trying to do here, um, above anything and everything else. And while in China, thousands of miles away in a completely different country than those uh, which most uh, ANP readers live in, what is happening now in China should be seen as a dire warning to freedom-loving Americans with globalists attempting to overthrow our constitutional republic. With the witch hunt upon President Donald Trump and warnings long given labeled by many as, quote, conspiracy theories, that should the globalists regain control of America, re-education camps away American patriots, along with the mass roundup of Christians, conservatives, and anti-globalists, and the socialist country-wide gun-grab agenda. We would be wise to pay very close attention to what is happening now, only, not only in China, uh, but around the world. And if you think America will never devolve to full tyranny, uh, a full-scale tyranny, we all need to do is remember what was happening in our country prior to President Trump getting into office, with the U.S. Constitution being systematically being dismantled while our God-given rights are taken away. And we must remember every executive order signed by Barack Obama on March – or I'm sorry. We must remember the executive order signed by Barack Obama on March 16th of 2012, allowing U.S. government to seize control of everything in America and actually force America's, Americans into slave labory. As the Daily Coin reported back in 2016 in this flashback story that Steve Quayle had linked uh, – Uh, To on his website on Tuesday, a U.S. ICE agent back in 2016 committed suicide, allegedly leaving a suicide note that should have been a huge red flag that something was terribly wrong with America. And while we are not in the position to verify the contents of the notes as seen below, anyone who has been paying attention to America, uh, America's vicious descent into tyranny, can recognize its warning as true. And what was happening now in America was a completely out-of-control Democratic Party creating the Russia collusion scandal out of thin air, while for 17-plus years America has slowly descended into a uh, boiling frog's police state, leads us to believe that this note was right on the money and a huge warning to us all. 
Even Senator Lindsey Graham admitted a very real deep state coup attempt to steal America and overthrow the results of the 2016 election uh, is going on. From this Daily Coin story, I guess the note that this uh, ICE agent, at least allegedly this is a note that that he stated before committing suicide, says, The America I grew up in and cherished has been murdered by its own federal government. Our constitution has been has become meaningless, and our laws politicized so badly they are no longer enforced except for political purposes. The note said, "Our elected officials are, to a person, utterly corrupt and completely devoid of any love or respect for the country which pays them. To them, everything is about keep getting and keeping power and making illicit money from backroom deals." If the American people knew what this government is planning, they would rise up and overthrow it. If I or anyone else in the federal government reveal what is coming, they would be killed anyway, so now I will reveal what I know. Uh, Again, this is uh, according to this 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 supposed letter from an ICE agent, but it says, We in federal law enforcement have been drilling for several years to control riots and uprising from a coming financial collapse and widespread bank failures. The drills involve life-size images of American men, even women and children, who are told to shoot for practice and get used to it. We have been told that the economy is terminally ill and will fail in 2016, which we've seen that it didn't. Um, We are also told the banks are insolvent and that the FDIC doesn't have nearly enough funds to bail out depositors. We are told the events are unavoidable and it's imperative that the government survive when people rise up over this. When the collapse takes place, and again, they thought this was going to be in 2016 or two years later, um, but you know, here we are. I'm still going to you know, continue on. It says, uh, again, this is the first time I'm reading this article. It says, when the collapse takes place, detention camps created under the FEMA Rex 84 program in the 80s to house illegal aliens – whom we are going to deport will instead be used to imprison American citizens in the government fields constitute a threat, quote, that American citizens will be rounded up without warrants and imprisoned without a trial for God knows how long. Uh, these camps have been equipped uh, to carry out Hitler-style killings, an actual purge, in quotes, of American citizens by the very government which they themselves created and paid for. I cannot be party for, of this. And before I continue on, I'm going to go ahead, and it's about five minutes to the top of the hour, so if uh, we'll go ahead and bring it over to John, because, John, you do this uh, way better than I ever could. So let's go ahead and bring it to you. We do have another Skype caller on. Uh, you chimed in. You called in just in time. Don't let your call drop, and I will get you into the show. Just give us some time, uh, so don't let your call drop, and I'll get you in. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, bring it over to you, John. And while you're doing that, I'm going to go ahead and do some green room uh, with our new Skype callers. Go ahead, John. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Bard's Logic Political Talk, brought to you live on Blog Talk Radio. Host Robert brings Bard's Logic Political Talk to the masses Wednesday evenings. Show starts at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Central Time, 7 p.m. Pacific Time, and is a three-hour show. Now, in about five minutes, we go into the third hour of the show, which happens to be lovingly called Bard's Logic After Dark. So the live Internet feed may stop in about five minutes at the top of the hour. However, continue listening to the last hour, Bard's Logic After Dark, by calling 347-945-7500. 
888-627-7428. During Barge Logic After Dark, make sure your phone is charged up and that you do not get disconnected because you will not be able to dial back in. So make sure your phone is charged up and call 347-945-7428 before the top of the hour. That's 347 945 7428 in the next few minutes, and if you just want to listen, you just listen. If you want to get involved in the conversation, just press 1 on your number dial, and host Robert will help get you into the show. Your unique perspective on the issue being discussed is equally worthy, so call 347-945-7428 in the next few minutes for Bard's Logic After Dark. Also, visit the website, BardsLogicPoliticalTalk.com for all the information about the show, times, dates, topics of the day, and so on. You'll see it all there on the website, BardsLogicPoliticalTalk.com. Then share links and content about the show and website with everyone, friends, family, neighbors, near or far, worldwide, everyone, BardsLogicPoliticalTalk.com. You can even get Bard's Logic Political Talk podcast of the show from iTunes. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Bard's Logic Political Talk podcast of the show from iTunes. You're listening to Bard's Logic Political Talk on Blog Talk Radio. Now, get ready for Bard's Logic After Dark. Back to you, Robert. Back to the show. Thank you very much, John. Again, I certainly couldn't do that uh, better myself. Uh, yes, yeah, so definitely check out the website, www.bardslogicpolitictalk.com. Uh, um, one of the parts there you have uh, on the front of the page, you can uh, see all the different guests we have on. Uh, we are continually working on uh, getting some uh, uh, other folks on as well. Uh, with it being uh, the end of the year, that's a little bit more difficult because uh, people are taking holidays, especially <laughs> other folks we'd have on as guests uh, usually take long uh, Christmas breaks. Also, of course, on the give page, have that. And I'm not going to bring it up, you know, talk about it a lot. Uh, the give page. Uh, we have different organizations, including uh, my little campaign there again. I'm not going to talk much about that. But we do have Naj on the line, so what I'm going to do uh, is, is bring him on after the article. So, and then after the show, if you guys want to check uh, those things on the website or during the show, uh, that would be great. Um, uh, certainly is appreciated. Uh, but let's go uh, finish off the article, and then we're going to bring Naj in, because I do like to bring the new callers in uh, first, and then we will go from the top of our round table and, uh, and, and go down in the, in the list that I said uh, to make comment on uh, the article. But continuing, it says, uh, with people such as Ron Paul now warning that financial Armageddon lies ahead for America, which I, I don't know if I particularly subscribe to it, but anyway, uh, and many of us long believing that globalists' long-running plan has been to spend America out of existence, which I do agree. Uh, but anyway, we'll talk more about that after the article. Increasing our national debt to the point that we can never pay it off, which has been at least <laughs> what it has been for at least years already, and then dissolving our nation into the globalist Borg uh, with no national sovereignty and a totalitarian police state built up around us. It's clear their end game now is closer than ever. And again, while we stress here that we have no possible way of verifying the contents of what you read in this note, it was obviously well thought of thought out and well-written with the person even claiming that once the inevitable financial catastrophe takes place, the grid will go down along with all forms of communication. Just as two government agencies are now warning, and we see in this note why it is ever so essential to prepare for absolute catastrophe uh, for the grid, uh, blah, 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 and I I don't like to put that kind of stuff out because I don't know how much I'm 
subscribe to that, but I know a lot of folks do. Um, and so, you know, there's uh, I'm trying to get to the point where we talked about uh, Trump in there. Um, let's see. Because, I mean, it's, yeah, it gets, it gets on for a little bit longer, but we'll go ahead and, and, and finish it off because we get, you know, we, um, you know, there's still a lot there. But at the bar's logic after dark. Well, thank you. Yeah, and so, I mean, at this point it goes um, – Just I'm going to kind of jump around a little bit. How did America get into the state we are now in with a government of criminals, by the criminals, for the criminals? As William B. Stockery reported in this December 8th A&P story, and there was a link there on there. But we also warned on December 9th that the deep space, deep state is more than willing to use MK altercated shooters to carry out mass shootings to further the globalist agendas. That includes the eventual disarmament of the American people. And the, uh, in the story, we asked, how many innocent Americans has the deep state killed already? And that just, you know, keeps going on. And um, again, you, I, I'm going to have this article also on the Bard's Logic Political Talk uh, Facebook page, um, where you'll be able to access it um, uh, there as well and, and, you know, read the whole article. Um, but I guess uh, I'm trying to find where. The the title of this uh, I, I know it's a it's a gotcha the grab you title, um, but I'm trying to see where they're trying to connect. Where okay, if they get rid of Trump, that they're they're going to be more easily be able to do uh, you know to do that. And unfortunately, I'm not really seeing the connection there. Reading the rest of the article, as I said, it's, uh, uh, you know going down, you know. First time I read it and, and going down, I'm not really seeing where the. Uh, um, but here's a name you guys might have seen on Facebook. Um, it says, you know, some other stuff. Says, and as deplorable Susie, and I've, I've, I've heard of her on, on Facebook and, uh, and Twitter, actually, probably more on Twitter, uh, pointed out in an absolutely brilliant comment, which Susan had featured on this that story, maybe to show solidarity with all the other anti globals. Americans can support. Something yellow that could be easily seen in their cars. Okay, I don't know what that. But yeah, I don't see. I'm, unfortunately, I'm sorry that that didn't around the where it it even ties. If you know, them taking out Trump, how this could be more, you know, more like happening of you know with Trump not being president, if they take down Trump as they say. I'm really not seeing a lot of connection there, to be honest. Um, except for the part where you know they're talking about, you know, the collusion and things of that nature. I don't see. Hmm. Uh, the connection, but you know, we'll go ahead and, and bring folks in to make the comments. But first, let's go ahead. And I know Naj probably missed a lot, maybe some of the article and lots of the conversation tonight, uh, but knows what we're talking about. So let's go ahead and bring Naj. Uh, and again, folks, you'll be able to find uh, all this article. You can read all the guys' letter. Uh, I'm going to get ready to post that to um, the link to it to the Bard's Lodge Political Talk Facebook page, uh, where again, you can just put Bard's Lodge Political Talk in the little search engine there. And you'll be able to find it. And while you're there, if you're new to the page, you know, you know, I appreciate, you know, a like. It's always nice to see those, you know, uh, you know, for folks, you know. I don't promote things a lot just because that's just, you know, kind of not me. But uh, <laughs> go ahead and, and, and check that out. But let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Naj. Uh, thank you very much, Naj, for coming to the show. It's great to hear from you again. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. How you guys doing? Good, good. Hi, great Naj. to hear from you again. How about you? Hey, what's up, Mike? Hi, Naj, it's Suzette. Thank you, sir. What's up, Suzette? What's up? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, if, if you're talking we, about All the, the gangs are here tonight. 
I see. All the gangs are tonight. But yes. But yeah, if you're, if you're talking about the article that, that you just got into, man, this is kind of the worst form of fear mongering. Uh, you take a legitimate problem and then you add on so much that it becomes this horrific story that people can't wrap their head around. So then they ignore it and you don't get to the meat of the problem. So when you say, you know, deficit spending, yeah, that's a legitimate concern that needs to be addressed. But when you start taking it to, well, the deep state is going to get rid of Trump and then the, the markets are going to fall and then the, the grid will, will break down. It's like, no, if the grid breaks down and, and stuff like that, you're talking about the country just failing, period. And we're in no position or close to uh, the point of failure. We're the biggest empire, strongest country on the planet. Like, we're, we're very far away from that. Now, the other part yeah, of Yeah, I, I would, I would agree with you there, Naj. Yeah, some of those things, I'm kind of like, that's why I didn't read a lot of that stuff. So I'm like, okay, I, you know, I get you, but go ahead. They're trying to, they're, sometimes yeah. they're, they do that to try to sell a book, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then the fear mongering, the other part of it is, look, nobody's going to remove a president without all the eyes dotted and the T's crossed. Why? Because then the other party would do the same thing when you're in office, so you set precedent. So if they actually get rid of him, it'll be because the Republican Party decided that they were going to throw him over, and he violated terms to the point to where they can't defend him. But it's really, really, really unlikely, and really, really threshold is really, really high to remove a president. So more than likely, uh, you're looking at it's worse come to worse a lame duck last two years. But the idea of removal, man, that, that's not something that countries do often you know, because they don't can like I, the Can I interrupt you real quick, Dosh? Can I, can I interrupt you real quick? Um, it just with, with you saying a lame duck two years, that's, that you, you actually almost quoted what I was going to have or thought, at least thought about, thought about the title of tonight's show being, actually. That's actually what I, was, I actually had that typed in because I was thinking about what the title of the show was going to be tonight. And actually one of my considerations was something like that, like, you know, Will the next two years of the Donald Trump presidency be a lame duck presidency or something like that? So, yeah, that's actually kind of what I was uh, at least considering naming the, the tonight's show. Uh, but, but you, you, so you, yeah, you hit that, on that. So I'm likely, to go ahead. Yeah. yeah, that's more likely than him being impeached, which is extremely unlikely. Like, like I said, parties know that they don't want the other party to start doing to them what they did to them. So that's precedent. And then lastly, just remember – uh, when we talk about deficit spending and everything else, remember we actually print the money. We own <laughs> we own the ability to print that money. So it's not a thing of the deficit will get so bad that we're going to become bankrupt. No, every other nation on this earth needs American dollars in their central bank as a last uh, reserve currency. So as long as U.S. dollars are all over the globe and wanted, like last year in Turkey when they had the situation where their, you know, their financial system was in trouble. Uh, the President Erdogan came out and told people to turn in uh, their American dollars and get the Turkish currency to support their currency during these tough times. And you can guess that the people did the complete opposite. They closed their fists and held on to those American dollars tightly because they knew no matter what, those would hold value, not so sure about their own currency. So a lot of the deficit stuff, man, people are just trying to scare people. Remember, two, two, what, 10 years ago? People were telling us that the whole financial system was going to crash and we had to go to the gold standard because fiat currency was going to ruin everything. How'd that turn out? Did any of those YouTube guys come in and say they were wrong? No, they just keep moving on and just fear-monger in another way. Nodge, 
We're at $21.8 trillion in debt. And then we have credit card debt over $1 trillion. We have school loan debt over a trillion dollars. We have millions of people that are default. I mean, they're like over 90, 120 days um, delinquent on their payments. And that includes millionaires. And, you know, that doesn't include the people that are on welfare, SNAP, you know, 42 million people, how many people we have on unemployment, too, and now we're adding more with all the immigrants flooding into the market. How how much debt can you take on before it finally catches up with you? That's the question. Print well, yeah, money, yeah, but all of that print is, money is, is going to make liquidity people... into the system just like the tulips did back in the, you know, remember the tulip story back in the day, Sweden. Yeah, but currency and tulips are two totally different things. That, that's a that's a fixed commodity that you're trying to use as a currency. The problem becomes anybody can grow tulips. That's not the same thing as the currency. Everything you said about you know working class people and the majority of Americans dealing with debt and everything else, yes, that is correct. I wouldn't disagree with that. But the 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 standing of most people's finance is not the same as talking about your government's finance. And also, never forget everybody's debt. <laughs> is somebody else's credit, meaning your debt, your student loan debt, somebody else is going to buy it from a company, then they're going to call you, ask you to make payments for a year, and then they'll sell it off. And guess what? Somebody else will buy it because that debt has some inherent value. So, no, our system is not close to tipping over, but things are aggressively tightening for the working and middle and lower, real working poor, really. That's the majority of Americans. But things are tightening for us, and, and those things need to be addressed. I agree with you there. But that's a long Nodge, way to your currency follow. The Nodge, how do you explain the 2008-2009 mortgage crisis that the banks were getting bailouts and the people that were losing their houses because of the mortgage problems were kicked under the, under, you know, under the rug out in the street? Now See, we, now you're going to make me sound on, like a we mean got that guy on now you're going to make me sound like a mean guy against wealthy people. They created a, a market that was a bubble. They knew it was a bubble, and that's why the hedge fund oh, yeah. made money during the collapse. But the majority of everybody else just had to eat it, as opposed to the banks who got bailed out. Why? Too big to fail. What does that mean? Uh, that these banks were so <laughs> over-levered that if they failed, they would crush the whole financial system. So we had to bail them out. Now, Europe had the same problem, but they, didn't, they couldn't bail their countries out because they don't control their own currency, because the euro is centralized in Germany, and Germany decides when the money gets printed. So look at Europe right now and look at the U.S. As, as slow as our recovery was, it's a lot faster than Europe, and we're doing a lot better than Europe, as you can see the Yellow Vest movement and all the other things going over there in Europe. So, yeah, it, it's tight, but it's not as bad as over there, because having your own currency is important. But, Nodge, how, how is it that we can call that a recovery? We went to $21.8 trillion more in the hole. We didn't recover from anything. We well, continued the, the deficit. Yeah, I want to take over the debt. show, man, because I, <laughs> I want to take over the show. But I, I'll let somebody else get in, and then I'll, you know, circle uh, around, and I'll, yeah, I'll, and I'll, I'll bring, we'll bring it to the line. I, I have a feeling this is probably, and I wish we could, but I have a feeling this is one of those nights where we could have had a fourth hour. But let's go ahead and bring it to the top uh, of our round table, which I, um, I know is counterintuitive. Well, yeah, but, let uh, get to something round. But let's go ahead and bring it uh, up to you, uh, at least the top of my list here, on people called yeah. in, uh, bring it down What the way I look at it, the, the 
try to be, uh, get people in. And let's go uh, back over on the article and maybe even make some uh, uh, some comments and um, you know on what uh, Naj and, and John's talking about. And that's uh, over to you, Joseph. Okay, can I say something quick, please? You know, when Bill Clinton left White House, when Bill Clinton left White House, we had surplus of $500 billion. So what happened? What happened since Bill Clinton? There must be some somewhere something happened. That and, we and, are and, not and we'll, and we'll go to that, John. I do, I do, want, to, I do want to have things in order. I do want to be able to have things in order, but I'm not John Mike. Uh, yeah, bring that up when, it, when we bring it over to your, your your spot. We'll 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 talk about that, and we should have the time. But I do want to do do it in order because um, I want to be able to try to get you know everybody you know time as well. So Joseph, you, you still well, I see you're, you're on the line. You there, Joseph? Yes. Okay, he might have had to step away from his line. And the next person lies is Suzette. So let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Suzette. Um, well, concerning the article, even though they did have the letter there, they did say that it was not verifiable. They couldn't verify it. So, and there were a lot of things that uh, you had read that they couldn't confirm or verify. So that pretty much right there, to me, it says a lot that they're just talking. Well, at least they admitted it, unlike <laughs> some, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so you have to take the article with a grain of salt. Uh, because there's a lot of speculation in it, and um, so you can't really take it to yeah, heart. Yeah, I, I mean, they didn't really tie it in like they had done the title either. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I was just saying I agree with Nas and, and with you as far as um, uh, fear-mongering, you know, to dump all this stuff and then not tying it in at the end, just saying, and this is why we need to get rid of Trump. You know, it's like, uh, uh, okay, <laughs> these things have been going on forever, and this is why we need to get rid of Trump. Now, that doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it for me is concerning the article and um, concerning the other topic as far as the finances. Um, I know that Trump is keeping things, our, our finances, our economy liquid, and that's what's keeping it afloat right now. Yes, we've had um, as far as the dips um, with the um, – the stock market and such, and it's kind of been a roller coaster with it. But that's the reason why it's been able to come back up again, and then and then it'll dip down again. Um, because we had an amazing year last year, uh, the losses aren't as big as they could have been had we not had that big year. And so we're still we're still good, <laughs> but we don't want to go anymore. And and when I say liquid, there aren't any investments like Solyndra and. Um, some of these other companies that were invested in that lost money. He just hasn't invested in anything because he's not picking winners or, or losers. He's just keeping that money, keeping us afloat with it as far as um, so that we can make our payments or do whatever, but it's there and he's hanging on to it. So I don't know if that helps at all. Or <laughs> And that's all I have. Back to you, Robert. Hey, let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Kelly. Go ahead. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Let's see here. Well, money is a fascinating thing. Uh, I wish I could print it out of thin air. I'd be a gazillionaire. And, oh, that's what the Federal Reserve does. Not federal. There is no reserve. 
No more federal than Federal Express. You look in the blue section of the government phone book under Federal Reserve. It's not listed. I've actually called Washington, D.C., and guess what? They said, oh, that's a private corporation, you know, when you ask for general information. Okay. Now, one of the things that's getting concerning uh, to me is the banksters, gangsters in suits, banksters. The, uh, according to Mr. Rickert, who's been a financial consultant, <laughs> used to work like for the FBI for a long time, the IMF is coming out with a cryptocurrency probably in – well, they've been working on it. Um, so Rickert's calling for investors like early January, but the um, cryptocurrency by the IMF is coming out like in June. I'm the looking Bitcoin? into one right now. No, it's been Bitcoin. But Bitcoin was kind of the mic of my turn. It's kind of like this. Um, there is uh, cryptocurrencies already have emerged, and uh, Bitcoin is one type, but it cannot do high volume transactions. High volume, like your merchant processing machines. You go buy something, you put your Visa through, your Visa card through. Um, something like over 100 million uh, a day happen uh, in this country. So, you know, a uh, there is a private sector group that's working on cryptocurrency that will be decentralized. The IMF wants to make it centralized because they know the private sector, somebody's going to invent a cryptocurrency that's going to work. So the IMF has to come out and they have to centralize it so they continue to have their financial stronghold on the world. But I'm, I'm looking into a cryptocurrency that it's decentralized in the hands of the people going through a merchant processing company that will basically do what Bitcoin has not been able to do. And so far they have like 70,000 stores nationwide signed up. Walmart's going to sign up too. So, but it's, it's just interesting to see what the IMF, the, the banksters are going to try to do. Um, do we have time to talk about the 9-11 grand jury getting convened? Oh, we, we may, uh, let's, uh, go through our, um, you know, our, our line here and then we, we, we could bring it back. Uh, we could bring it back to that. Um, and we, unfortunately it looks like we lost Joseph call. Uh, I got, you know, so hopefully we'll be able to hear from him. Um, but well, not, not for, for tonight, but no, unfortunately it looks like we lost his call. So we'll bring it over, uh, to the bearded white guy and then we can uh, bring it back to, to you, John, and then Mike, and then we can bring it back to, uh, to Kelly for that, but let's go, go ahead. And then Nas, we have, as well, so let's go ahead and bring it back to the uh, the bearded white guy. <laughs> no, and as as far as what Kelly just mentioned, that was a very good statement. You know, uh, Naj was you know boasting about the American dollar. The American dollar is just a petrodollar, um, made off of gold, oil, and death. So, you know, let's hunt for that some more. Yeah, no, the only reason why it is doing what it's doing is because well, the elites want it to do. That's the downside to it. They want it in there. They want to flood our systems with it. They want us to think we're going after it. And any country that goes after or goes after a different set of backing, um, Iran, for instance, what are we doing with Iran? Oh, well, they got oil, but they don't want to use the American dollar, which is the petrodollar. Um, they got into a you know, bombing fit, and Syria was trying to do the same thing. And what did we do? Go bomb Syria. Hmm. 
Well, let's see. So as far as the American dollar goes, it's it's a waste. So cryptocurrency for me would be the best way to go. Um, if I didn't, if I actually trusted computer systems or anything like that. So that part tells me that I can't trust cryptocurrency. What I can trust is a actual piece of gold sitting in my hand, or toilet paper or anything else. You know, the American dollar. Hope that made any sense. If it didn't, well, then I don't know. Um, <laughs> as far as as well, and then well, bring it back you, to you, Mike. You? Go ahead. <laughs> I got, I, 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 I got you. I, I think I got you there, bud. Yeah, Mike. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, we have so many uh, cryptocurrencies: Bitcoin, XRP, uh, Ethereum, and EOS, Stellar, uh, Tether, and each one of them has a unique uh, uh, cryptocurrency. Uh, and of course, Bitcoin is right now it's more famous than uh, any other ones. I mean, we know that Bitcoin went up to what twenty thousand at one time. It was like a year ago, and right now it's three thousand eight hundred one eighty-five as of today. So you know, uh, it has a uh, yeah. It made some people rich, and right now it made some people like you know maybe they want to buy it right now. So maybe it goes up again. But the question is uh, about Iran. Yes. Iran is not going to do anything with dollars, but merchants in Iran, they do business only with dollars. Isn't that weird? I mean, the country, I mean, the government saying, no, we don't want dollars. And uh, merchants, you go in the streets of uh, Tehran uh, and different places, they, you have a dollar, they take it, even give you a higher price for it. <laughs> so right now, uh, 16,000 to man is equal to $1. In the time of Shah of Iran, 7 to man was $1, $1. So you see how much is inflation. If you divide 16,000 by, say, 10, it's 1,600 times inflation is higher uh, in Iran. Yes. Uh, regarding, uh, they are also going to go do business with Bitcoin. They are going to sell their oil and other uh, stuff uh, with Bitcoins or gold from India. And so, you know, uh, but still there is a lot of hardship in Iran right now. And, but United States is not going to wait so long. Uh, whether uh, it would be time of Trump or then whoever, or maybe Trump again next uh, four years, uh, but it would be uh, Iran would be nuked one way and another because, and the reason behind it is because Iran doesn't use dollars, and that pisses off, and that was the time when Iraq. Saddam Hussein say, no, we are not going to use dollar anymore. And uh, Bush, uh, uh, George W. Bush, uh, and both both of them, they get pissed and they attack Iraq. And we saw shock and awe to Iraq. So, uh, yes, it's very clear that, uh, you know, something will happening in Persian Gulf. 
sooner than later. Thank you very much. Well, and then we're going to uh, bring it over uh, back uh, to you, Nash. Go ahead. Well, well, yeah, to to respond to the other gentleman, uh, I didn't say this was a moral affair. Yeah, if you try to if you try to flush the American dollars out of your central bank, you may have Marines on your shore. Yeah, that that may happen. And normally, yes. Like I said, I didn't say this was about morality. I was just saying, you know, the way things are. Uh, my issue with cryptocurrency is I like my money to have an army behind it. Uh, pretty good idea when you're dealing with currency and how volatile markets are. So it's kind of difficult to look at cryptocurrency as the future. I think the technology of cryptocurrencies will be used. Uh, I think that's the most important part. But I, I, I just don't see sovereign nations uh, giving up the idea of having a competing currency within their own borders and deciding that that's okay. That's going to be a rough sell. And then getting to the last point, uh, the gold standard. Well, I would say people should look up why the gold standard failed back in the day, and here's the issue why. When you use the fixed commodity and say this is what we're going to use as a form of currency, that means that currency is fixed. That thing, that, that, that commodity you're using is fixed. That's what it is. So if, if, if Russia is claiming that they're going to use the gold standard and you want to trade with them, and you want to bring back the, the fiat paper to them and say, hey, we want the, the gold that you said, that you claim to have uh, to hold for this money. If they can't produce it, then what? That's what they found out in Europe uh, during the early 1920s. And it also makes uh, economic downturns last longer because you don't have a way of uh, government intervening into your economic crisis to fix things. And lastly, on, on the gold standard, always remember this, uh, Commodities don't care about the price. People do. So when they had the gold standard, the employees, the workers, were the ones who had to adjust. And the, the commodity, hey, it just was what it was. But that's, how, that's what led to all of the massive unions, the, the trade associations, and everything else, because they had to fight for their wage because uh, the higher-ups could just tell them, hey, we're on the gold standard. This is the new wage. Can you take it or not? And at that point, uh, labor wasn't mobile, but currency was. So you can see how the working classes, matter of fact, think about the population in Minnesota. Quick story for y'all. Population in Minnesota, uh, the Swedish people who are there. Back in the day, Sweden was really good at selling lumber. They had a lot of trees. They sold lumber. That was their main thing. Well, at a certain point, France went into Russia and built the railroad system for Russia, helped them out. And what did that do? That included Russia into the lumber market and knock Sweden off as a top player, those people, because they couldn't negotiate or push for higher wages because they were on the gold standard, they had to relocate, meaning labor had to move. So all of those uh, Swedish people with Swedish ancestry in Minnesota, uh, they come from immigrants leaving uh, because of market failure of the gold standard. Uh, so anybody out there, if you want to ever you know, check into that, check it out. It's a really interesting story about how uh, you get the Minnesota Vikings and that Swedish population in Minnesota. That's the failure of the gold. Oh, huh, interesting. Are you a Minnesota Vikings fan, Naj? No, no, I'm not. But, you know, I, I just think it's an interesting <laughs> story. Well, I just like, that's just kind of like, how'd you get the story here? It's about the, the Vikings. But that makes sense. The Swedish and the Vikings, that's where they got the name of the team. That's interesting. 
Yeah, there's a huge population there of those people. But, you know, all of it came because of the reservations of them not being able to push for higher wages, man. But uh, I just I learned about that in researching the gold standard because I was wondering, I'm like, man, there's so many people who want to revive this gold standard. What were the problems? You know, what are the pros and cons of it? Why did it fail? And I kind of found out why. If anybody wants to look it up, check out Austerity by Mark Blythe. Really good book. He, he gets in-depth on that. Hmm. Austerity, that's pretty cool. And we'll go, let's go ahead. And we, you know, we've got time then uh, now, Kelly. Uh, you want to bring a few things up. We can go ahead and uh, bring it uh, over to you. I haven't uh, heard back from uh, – I haven't heard back from Joseph, so hope I'll hear from him. I guess he had to step away for some things. But let's go ahead and bring it back uh, to Kelly. Um, yeah, so the grand jury um, – well, okay, there's – you may have heard of architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth. <clears throat> Richard Gage is their chair. Um, well, there's another group called um, Attorneys for 9-11 Inquiry. Back in the spring, they submitted a petition um, to a uh, to the prosecutors of New York. Um, it's the federal district of New York in New York in that district, and they requ- here's our 57 points. Here's our right of petition, and here's some more case law, case law, case law. There you go. The Justice Department got a hold of it and they received it. And back in November, in November, um, the Justice Department wrote a letter back. How did I find out about this? Well, the <clears throat> attorneys for uh, 9-11 inquiry uh, d- did press releases and videos, and so the <clears throat> uh, federal prosecutors are actually called AUSAs or Attorney for the United States of America. So the ASUAs uh, wrote back, yeah, we'll go ahead and get this to the grand jury, and I read the petition, of course, um, not all of it, but at least enough of it that they're educating the grand jury. You have independent power, case law, case law, case law. And so we could finally get to the bottom of 9-11, and I, it's just – it's so encouraging. Um, so I was looking at this case, um, and they kept citing Bransburg versus uh, Hayes. I was like, what's up with that case? And here's the stunning thing is that – here's the question. Can you uh, – can a grand jury subpoena a reporter? And yet – the press, the First Amendment right of the freedom of the press is protected, yes or no. Well, in Brandsburg, it was a 5-4 split, but yes, they can. And the bottom line is when the however, the – however a reporter gets his information, even if he says it's under deep cover or it's off the record, it doesn't matter. They have to tell how they got their source. What's the important point of this? Why did this petition keep citing Brandsburg versus Hayes? Because they were educating the federal prosecutors. The AUSAs, they were educating them to go after the press because there's reporters on the ground. There's reporters with little earphones in their ear probably being told what to say. They saw something different than what they were supposed to report. I'm sure they were probably you know, a prosecutor in front of a grand jury when you get uh, a newspaper reporter. In front of the grand jury, he's going to be asked questions like, well, what did you really see? This, well, you reported this. Why, why – well – did they tell you what to tell, what to say during the earphone? In other words, this petition, these attorneys are really sharp because they're telling the Justice Department, the grand jury, go after the media because it may have been a cover-up. Amazing um, how they how well they put this together. And so we might actually end up getting to the truth. Now, you wonder, well, gee, that out in 2001, 
why in the world are we waiting so long? Why did it? Ha- well, actually, a grand jury did uh, begin work on this situation. It was the White Plains grand jury, but the prosecute a prosecutor came in from the Department of Justice and said, "Oh, uh, we're, you don't have to uh, investigate this anymore, grand jury. Uh, the Justice Department is going to take over." That is not the way the whole system works, Frisbee versus U.S. In this country, it's for the grand jury to investigate all manners of crimes, no matter how they receive the information and when they're done, direct the preparation of the formal charge or indictment. And it's been that way before, even before um, our country was a country in the 1800s and even so to today. The grand jury is in charge. So when, when White Plains grand jury got tricked out of investigating, that's when you had the 9-11 Commission, and of course not too many people were happy with that report. So this is going to be exciting to see. Um, this is going to be exciting to see, Oh, and it's going to take months. Uh, this is going to take months to figure it out. Um, but the, um, you know, JFK, he was assassinated. What happened? Was there ever a grand jury? No. Well, who came up with the idea of the Warren Commission? Well, Katzenbach. Who's Katzenbach? He was the acting attorney general. Well, Bobby Kennedy, the attorney general at the time under JFK, while, while, while Bobby Kennedy was at a funeral, Katzenbach, who later worked for a bunch of globalist banks as legal counsel, Katzenbach wrote the idea for the Warren Commission, sent it to LBJ, who had already been sworn in, while, while Bobby RFK was at a funeral. And thus you had the Warren Commission, and you had um, you had one of the biggest events in American history covered up by the Warren Commission. And the you know back in uh, what was it two thousand two thousand one or two, Orlando Letelier, who's he? He was a Chilean ambassador, got killed by a car bomb. Grand jury got involved and found out who it was and indicted. Uh, World Trade Center bombing number one. Guess what? Grand jury got involved and got to the bottom of it. And guess what? You got some people. Indicted, including Osama bin Laden. So, but number two, World Trade Center attack number two, grand jury didn't. It got shut down. Now, what's that say about George Bush Senior or Junior? Is he appoints the, pros, the attorney general, who pros, has prosecutors in front of the grand jury. Okay, what's that tell you about George George W? What's that tell you about Obama? Now that we're going forward with the grand jury. What does that tell you about Trump? There's some real positive points there, very positive points on Trump, that he's going to let a grand jury do its thing. Um, the people, you know, the attorneys, uh, Richard Gage, uh, engineers and architects from Idle and Truth, their people are going to end up getting subpoenas. A whole bunch of people are going to get subpoenas. And if um, – here, here's one of the things that they in, – in their, in their telecast, they basically said, look – we have evidence from the USGS, U.S. Geological Service, that 45 seconds before the first plane hit the first tower, there was a huge explosion from the tower. The other tower, it was 15 seconds, a big explosion was recorded by USGS, 15 seconds before the second plane hit. And so they have a whole bunch of evidence that was withheld uh, from a grand jury during Bush and Obama, and now Trump is doing something. I mean, to me, that's just pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. 
Um, Christian, you got a new appointment of Attorney General. Um, oh, forgot his name. Bill William. Uh, da, 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 da. I mentioned him earlier on the show. And Barr. this guy, Barr. There, yeah, William Barr. William Barr is Trump's appointment as Attorney General. He used to work for the CIA in the 70s. Really, Trump? I mean, I'm confused. I mean, I'm confused <laughs> about soap and slaves. I'm confused about Trump. Why would you appoint somebody who was CIA in the early 70s, who also was an attorney general under Bush Sr.? Um, right. Barr was the second attorney general because the first one <laughs> under Bush Sr. resigned. So he was number two, but he was the attorney general. Trump, what were you thinking? One media reporter said, Trump and Barr don't really know each other. I was like, oh, was this, did somebody pick this for you, Trump? I mean, I wasn't very careful because Nixon, um, the famous Watergate 7, I, Nixon went through, I think, three or four attorney generals, but finally one that he picked turned the grand jury on Nixon and Watergate, and Nixon had to resign. I mean, you know, we're talking about deep state, you know, unless Mr. Barr has somehow had a you know, change in his life that would produce – um, do what is right, do what is honest, do what is good. I'm having trouble with his pick. I mean, George Bush Sr., we will have a new world order. That guy, you can imagine the people he picked in his cabinet, people when he picked for office, appointments in different departments, da 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 da. Okay? You, 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 really? You picked a Bush Sr. leftover as your next attorney general? Trump? <laughs> really? I mean, it's, just, it's this love hate relationship thing here. So, I don't know. Let's just see what other people's thoughts are about um, about this. Yes, quick. I say to you that Trump is a globalist himself, and you know, but he he wants to show that he is not than he is. He, he himself. I mean, look at uh, their kids. I mean, Ivanka and daughters, I mean, all the brother-in-laws are from Israel. So now everybody should say Zionist rule the White House. Does it make sense? Yes. Zionist is in the White House. And he, uh, so they control the Trump from upside down. And now... We will see if the, it either it was on a scam he told us the, about the wall, or we shall uh, see that what will happen to the wall. He scammed us, and we fall for the devil. That's about it. Anyone have a comment on that? I mean, I, I'm not too sure. You know, I don't know if I. You know, that's something I'm. You know, readily, uh, you know, to subscribe to. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I, I really, at this point, do not, uh, you know, think that you know Trump's you know a globalist. Um, but you know, that's just, you know, I, I just don't feel like I have enough, uh, you know, evidence to show that. I mean, is anyone? I mean, well, here's here, here's here's a way to look at this, Robert. Is Trump a globalist or not? Or did he make deals, as any businessman would, as he did when he was building his empire. Okay, so right. well, you, you, okay, you, you can't be a nationalist and a globalist trade. at the same time. Yeah. Well, okay, so there's two big things that globalists want. One 
is environmental <clears throat> treaties. Two is open borders for trade. GATT and NAFTA, etc. Um, so TPP, he killed TPP. He's trying to rework uh, the trade deals with Mexico. You go to the environment. He went to the Paris peace talks and he said, look, I came here to represent people from Pittsburgh, not to represent Paris to America. You know, So that killed the environmental thing, which is what the globalists do. Um, he's at war with the Federal Reserve. He's got a picture of Andrew Jackson in his office. What does that mean? Well, Andrew Jackson killed the globalist effort at the time. This is 1832. The central deal you know, is called the Bank of America. It's like our Federal Reserve today. Now, that's quite the stunning thing to put that picture up on his, his wall in his office. What he's saying is, I, I don't like the Federal Reserve. But then he, then he appoints Barr as Attorney General. What the heck? Bad advisement. Well, 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 well go ahead, Suzanne. Then I'll chime in on, on my, my thinking on that. Go ahead. I think he's got bad advisors. I mean, he doesn't know anybody in the political scene, so to speak, like the people that are there. They know who's who and, and what's what and, and who to pick for their agenda. And Trump is coming in, and he doesn't have that line of expertise. And so he's going solely, I believe, anyway, by recommendation to by trusted people, or he thinks he can trust them, but I think that they're working against his interests and, um, and just making it sound or seem like they're uh, trustworthy and working in the country's best interest. Because some of these picks, I've just, I'm baffled. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I feel the very same way about this attorney general. And, and even, um, uh, who was it? One of his Supreme Court um, justice, I wasn't really happy with Kavanaugh. I didn't want Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh's fine. No, I didn't either. But um, he wasn't my first pick, no. But anyway, no, mine so either. that's all I have on that. Oh, you too, huh? <laughs> yeah. No, he wasn't my first pick either. Yeah. Okay, back to you, Robert. Well, wait, here, here's what I think, uh, two things. One, I'm going to um, – got an audio I'm going to play. It's real short. Um, but first, I'll make comments on, um, you know, the, the AG. Here's what I think is, remember, he was uh, uh, George Bush Sr.'s uh, AG, and I think that – one, I mean, he wants to get rid of Sessions, and he wants to get rid of Sessions fast. The time, you know, and then the timing of call it serendipitous, call it fate, call it whatever you want. But then you had the death of George H. You know, of, of Bush Senior, right? And so, hmm, maybe he thought in in, in a Trump mind that you know what, uh, you know, I'm going to have a hell of a time finding someone uh, to get. Uh, you know, confirmed for my AG, you know, because it's basically everybody hates me. Uh, and then, uh, so he's going to have a hell of a time. Like, hey, wait a minute. Hey, wait, this guy was tied to Bush. Bush just passed away. Sympathies are going to be out and abound. I mean, you know, how can the media and how can the Democrats who just were extolling all the virtues of, uh, you know, of, of George Bush 41, and then if I go ahead and have his AG be my AG, but well, then how the hell after they said all this good stuff about Bush and, you know, how, you know, how great he was and this and that, blah, 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 and then come back and criticize me for picking his guy, his, his AG, is my AG. So, hey, you know, there's, why don't I just use uh, 
you know, the expediency, you know, of, of the unfortunate, you know, timing of him passing away or maybe fortune, who knows, but uh, you can't say fortune someone passed away. Well, I'm just saying that, you know, maybe that's my thought of it, to be honest. I mean, I might, <laughs> that might sound nuts to, yeah. to think that that might even be in his thinking, but I mean, who knows, whoever he would have put up there, there would have been a fight, but he just got done having, you know, all these, all the media and all the Democrats saying how great, you know, Bush 41 was. Well, I'll just pick his AG to be my AG, and how the hell can they give me a hard time about it? Because I mean, if the guy, you know, parts his hair the wrong way, they want to they want to find something to complain about. But anyway, you know, and then another person that's coming up that you know, the state or he may or may not need. Like it sounds like he may be looking for yet again uh, a new, uh, a ter- I mean, a new uh, chief of staff. And I'm going to play this audio here of who I think. Uh, should have been his original chief of staff and, and may even well be his uh, chief of staff today if he would have picked him. Or you're going to do everything. Why would they want the job now? No, I'd, I, I want somebody that's going to do a great job and, and has great Okay, but tell me what you want. What, you, what, are you looking for? what are you looking for? You want a real strong policy well, guy? I, you always have to start. I mean, I hate to say this, but you always have to start with somebody that's going to be a great president in case something happens, right? Okay, you start. But I want somebody that... Uh, I can rely on for their judgment. Hillary Clinton has poor judgment. I hope she picks a vice presidential candidate with good, but hopefully it won't matter because she'll lose. But I want somebody with great judgment. I also want somebody that most likely will be in the world of politics because I have all of the business experience and yeah, I have experience business uh, leaders. Yeah, I say Gingrich in is... In terms uh, of getting legislation. Right. Gingrich is probably your best bet, you know, because he had... But you see, he's Gingrich, a good man. He's a good man, but, you know, he disagrees with you sometimes. I think that's healthy. You know, Gingrich came out and hammered you about the Mexican judge. Um, I I think that was a mistake that he made. I've been treated unfairly. Look, I I, I know, but Gingrich he's looking at the big deal. thousands of people that love the course, and I've been treated unfairly. What can I tell you? All right. But what I'm trying to get across is Gingrich has all of the things that I think you're looking for, yet he's his own man. He's going to say what he thinks. He's not going to pander. I mean, is that okay with you? You want a strong person like that. It's all right? It's good. Uh, No, and he's got good judgment. He's a good guy. He's been... Amazingly helpful. He's okay. Been, uh, you know, I watch him on the different shows, including yours. But I'm with him also. He's got, he's got very great talents. But yeah, I have others endorsed you. Giuliani's endorsed you. Now we talked weeks ago about you putting together maybe a cabinet before you got the clean. You're right. And if you recall, that you know Gingrich was one of the top folks to uh, be the possibility of a uh, his VP pick. And, and actually, I think the people wanted him over Pence. Uh, I mean, I'm, I don't have anything right now against Pence. I, I still think that the reason why Pence was chosen was uh, because uh, that's who uh, Paul Ryan wanted him to pick, um, you know, and then Trump did that to get, uh, you know, get the, the, the dogs off him. Some of the number of Trumpers were threatening uh, to uh, do, try to get a broker convention, which is ironic uh, with the history of that, but I won't go back into that with what, what we're working on in 2012. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, because I think that, you know, Paul Ryan, who I think was never a Trump fan, I so I cannot wait for him to be out of here. Um, he's a, I wouldn't go as far as say he's a traitor, but I think he's a traitor to Trump in a conservative movement, is what I think. I wouldn't say, you know, should be hung for anything, but uh, I, I think he was a terrible speaker of the House myself. Um, but that's who I would like to see, um, you know, even when he was uh, with Gingrich and, and in my part of town, 
when he was running for campaign. That's one of the campaign promises uh, that Trump has not fulfilled yet that really gets my ire. Uh, is that, you know, he said that Trump would play a part in his uh, administration. I'm Trumping. Gingrich would play a place in his administration, and as so far, uh, he has not. Um, it's kind of, you know, gets my goat going for that. Um, but I do see that, unfortunately, uh, I've got about nine minutes before I have to shut things out. Now, we've got, um, you know, a number of folks on the line. I'd like to give everybody, um, you know, about a minute for closing thoughts uh, for tonight. Again, I, I really think that we had another. Uh, show we could have gotten a uh, fourth hour out of, but we will we'll go ahead and uh, get things set up for our closing comments. So here's how we'll do it is uh, we'll go with, um, you know, let's go down the line here and uh, we'll go with uh, first, uh, we'll go with you, John, because we haven't heard from you for a little bit. So we'll go with John and then uh, Suzette and then Kelly and then the bearded white guy, uh, as he calls himself, and then you, Mike, Mike, and then Naj, you'll be the last one for our closing comments. Um, each person got about uh, a minute, maybe a minute and a half for those, and then I will have to proceed to uh, to close out the show. Um, so uh, thank you very much, and we'll go to you, John. Yeah, hey, Hodge, it's good to hear your voice again. Welcome back. If you're talking to Bianchi, you keep in touch with him, tell him to come back, and you guys come back and bring your good stuff with you. And uh, I'll leave it at that for now, everybody. Definitely figure out how we can help President Trump move forward to save our country. And uh, back to you, Robert. Okay, well, then that means we bring it over to you, Suzette. Go ahead. Okay, and then she's uh, got something doing that, so we'll just keep going it down the line. I've got some things I can use to close things out, too, but let's go ahead and get it to you, Kelly. No, we lose it all of our California people here. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I was on mute. Uh, yeah, so we got some interesting times ahead. We'll see what happens with the, uh, you know, the Democrats will be fighting with the Republicans. At least um, government won't grow, which is a big, uh, a very happy thing if you're a libertarian like myself. And uh, so government, you know, possible lame duck. Yeah, I can understand that. The Justice Department will continue, and who knows if there's going to be the swamp drained because, well, the appointment is up to the Senate, not to the House. And Trump focused on the Senate so he can get his appointments in, judges and uh, attorney generals and other prosecutors, et cetera, et cetera, uh, special counsel. Um, by the way, Nixon uh, – oh, that was interesting. Richardson was an attorney general, and he was confirmed – this is during the Watergate era. He was confirmed because Richardson said, I will appoint special counsel, and a special counsel was Cox. Now, Cox, um, Nixon didn't like that idea of independent counsel to go to investigate Watergate, and so Nixon said to Richardson, hey, fire Cox, and the AG Richardson said, nope, not going to do it, and he resigned. Isn't that fascinating? So. The Justice Department is kind of its own animal. The grand jury, of course, is its own animals. And Trump may have some people in place, or maybe not, people in place to start uh, draining the swamp, as he said. Now, it's interesting if you look at 2020 coming up, if, say, August, September, and an October surprise come forward by a grand jury indicting a, um, a number of high key people, the. Um, <laughs> 
Trump will win by a landslide. If all of a sudden you've got 50 high-level people that, you know, see Halliburton, that would be Dick Cheney. You get a bunch of high-level people that I'm, I'm just guessing here on the name who they are. But if if Grandeur comes out in July of 20 with a, a list of 50, 100, 300 people, who knows? And it was uh, because of Trump. I think he would, uh, and it, and it's proven that it's an inside job. A lot of suspicion that it is an inside job. If, if that happens, we could see a landslide for Trump. Um, you'd have a lot of independents throwing their vote for Trump. You know, he may not get the border done, but at least he might drain the swamp. So it's going to be an interesting ride, folks. So I guess with that, I'll turn it back to you. And you have plenty of other things to talk about, I'm sure, and, uh, in 2019. Um, hopefully we have uh, good things to talk about, uh, you know, such as, you know, it's moving forward uh you know, getting back uh, to the moon and talk about actually getting to Mars, you know, in the not-too-distant future, things of that nature, maybe cure some diseases here along the way and stuff. Always have to talk about all this BS that we've been, you know, talking about for the past 40 years. But let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Mike. Thank you very much, everyone. Ah, yes. Uh, remember, uh, yes, thank you very much. Uh, the Earth is but one country, and all mankind are citizens, and we have to pray for the peace and tranquility of the world and advancement of all people. And Kelly uh, told that 911 was inside job. I mean, do you come? to put your own home on the fire? The answer is, of course, not. How is that possible that United States the Germans government come? You know that? The, word, the Germans did that okay. in World War II. It's called a false uh, flag. I'm, I'm Mike is talking. Please don't come talk in uh, front of me, please. Oh. And you can you, you can have hold the uh, show. My dad uh, over, so, you know. No. You know, the, the, I don't believe in okay, that. Let's not, I don't let's believe not argue. It, we only got, we believe, don't have a lot of time, so let's yeah, not argue. Yeah. I don't believe Israelis did the 911, and that was, uh, you know, Saudi Arabian terrorists. They did it, and plus, you know, the, the ties to Bin Laden, and they passaged through the Iran. And then they came to United States and did uh, with b- box cutters, etc. And they did such a horrible thing to our country. And do, if you think 911, uh, 3,000 people died from all nationalities and all people, white, yellow, black, whatever you, you, you want to imagine. And so... Or never United States, George W. Bush will come, or Israel uh, uh, go, come back and do such a horrible thing. I mean, if we can listen to elections all day you want, but elections maybe say 1% something true, 99% lies and deception. Thank you. Well, thank you, Mike. And uh, Naj, go ahead and get the, the last comments, and I'll have the closing up tonight. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I'll be quick, man. I, I'll just say this, man. Uh, think about the Obama years where uh, the opposition from the right was so ridiculous and so angry that it made Obama supporters ignore some of the 
salient and critical points that the right was bringing up about the things he was failing on. And I would say Trump supporters need to be real careful right now because you guys could cross the line from supporter to fan. And at that point, you're not willing to be critical of the person you elected to do the things that they ran on. The criticism from Kelly tonight, the criticism from Suzette, and the thing you brought up, uh, you're exposing some contradictions, and those are things that need to be held into account. But if you take on a fan role, then you merely roll your eyes and you keep supporting your guy because the opposition is coming at him every day so hard that before you know it, you're supporting things that you didn't elect that person for. So I would say Trump supporters, be careful because Make America Great Again can start sounding like hope and change when you become fans instead of supporters. Well, and that, that you, you draw a good point with that. And, you know, we definitely have to make sure that he is keeping to his campaign promises. That is certainly why, you know, you know he did get elected. And, and, and that's why, you know, I, I dubbed the title of tonight's show. Uh, what, what type of president, you know, will Trump be once the Democrats take the House? How will he act? Will he keep with his campaign promises and, and be the president that uh, the people voted in for? Or is he going to uh, metamorphose into something else? Uh, I guess we'll have to to see and uh, and go from there, and you know, and it's gonna be kind of hard, you know, and, and and as people do become more galvanized with how much, you know, with with, with all the, especially when they they tar- try to talk to impeachment, uh, I, I could see that happening where people say, look, I don't care, you know, what he does, it's, you know, I'm just tired of you you people uh, lambasting him. But anyway, we'll have to close things out. Uh, tonight, I do appreciate that people come to the show. I don't know if this will be the last show for the year. I, I do, at least at this point, plan on having a, a show the day after Christmas. We'll we'll see how things go. Um, I know people a lot are still in uh, a holiday mode, so you know I just have to play things fair, and I'll also have to, of course, uh, play things fair by how things go uh, tomorrow night uh, or tomorrow morning or afternoon. It's, it's the afternoon, rather. Uh, where she said my daughter's going to get her MRI. But I do want to thank everyone for uh, their well wishes uh, and, you know, thoughts, prayers, and, and good luck and positive thoughts for uh, for her tomorrow. I really appreciate that. Um, you know, again, check things out on, on the website. Uh, that You know, that can help us out as well. Uh, but I will, of course, have to end uh, tonight, as I do every night, and that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. Again, uh, everyone, uh, Thanks for coming to the show. It is uh, you folks that do make uh, Bard's Logic a great show, and really appreciate it. Uh, take care and have a good Thank night. Thank you. And God bless you. Good night. Have a great night.